There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. Creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets turns. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. Matt. Mm-hmm. What do I, I, feel, I have a feeling I know what you want to talk about. What do you think I want to talk about? Well, Bowen actually test, uh, te- he didn't test me. Well, I actually, did I, I believe it actually me. was a little bit of a test. It was a But test. it was also a text because a test can be a text. It's actually rule of culture number 49. A, a test, test can, can be, be a text. text. And, and he said versa. to me, and vice versa. It's, it's actually a verse. It's a verse situation. Mm. Um, like Zachary Quinto, maybe. Um, just kidding. Okay. Don't don't just 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 throwing it out there as a possibility. Um, he has top energy to me, actually. This can all be cut. I don't. Um, <laughs> I think we keep this. Anyway, I think this we keep this. Just throwing it out there. Um, everyone should be verse. We're all adults. Anyway, we're um, all adults. We're all. It's, it's actually roller culture number ninety nine. Everyone, everyone should, should be, be verse. verse. We're, we're all, all adults. adults. All right. So the text was, "Are you watching Selling Sunset?" And, and I had to say I had made it through some part of the first season, but wasn't as excited as Bowen seemed to be. Bowen Yang, you are deep into Selling Sunset. Well, I am not even that deep. I mean, there are some folks out there who have. I was talking to Miss Rose Domu. She had binged the whole all three seasons in one weekend, mm-hmm. um, and we were we were sort of sharing thoughts. But um, I was, I had put this out. Uh, last week, I was asking people, is it worth it? I'm always suspicious of these shows that are just all white, 
uh, that these reality shows that have all white casts. Right. Exactly. I don't, I don't know what the the value in this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't particularly care for real estate um, or for properties. You think you don't. You think you don't, and then I mean, the, but the sh- I mean, I don't know if it's good or bad that the show sort of like v- versus you. There's that word again, versus you in the language in like the um, truly in, in, in sort of the world of real estate. And now I'm just I now I'm paying attention to the counters and the finishes and the, all, all all that stuff. Oh yeah, I didn't even really know what staging meant until now. Until and now, now, I'm happy that I do. But I have to say, it is like. That's actually my it favorite lulls part you of it. in. Well, the, the show, the whole show, lulls you in, even with the drama, because the first like five episodes of season one, I would say, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like, I don't really, I'm, I'm just doing the dishes as I watch this. I don't, I'm not really invested. I'm not like, yeah. at, on the edge of my seat. And then all the threads sort of come together by the last two episodes in the first season, and then you're like, okay, now we're, now we're off to the races. It's sort of like Mad Men in that way, right? Yeah. So Son of Sm- so Selling Sunset is a lot it's like the Mad, Mad Men, Men of Men. reality shows. It's the Mad Men of dumb The Hills offshoot reality shows, which this very much is. Even the fonts, how they introduce the characters, really give me The Hills. And like, I feel a like this bit, is yeah. like if The Hills girls grew up and like were really engaged in their job and like really good at their job. If, if it was all Whitney's, if it was all Whitney's on the hill. If it was nine Whitney ports <laughs> yeah. and some of them sort of did fun things with their hair and they mm-hmm. all got to sit in a <laughs> like open office plan, which I love their office. It's a fun office. I <laughs> it's like really the office. fun. Also, unfortunately, I would fuck the twins. Would Would let both the twins take me probably at the same time. Okay. And that's just my journey. You don't have you don't have to agree. You do have to respect. Yes. And this is what I'll say. Our here's guest how, is here's how I'm feeling about the girls. Christine Quinn could sell me a migraine for a half a million dollars. I would be too scared to say no. If she Christine, is the show. She is the show. If Christine Quinn asked me, Do you have dementia? I would say yes, I do yeah, have dementia. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. This is this is a reference on the show. I mean, she so so she and Chriselle have this big fight at the end of season one. They sure do. She she takes Chriselle up on um for selectively forgetting something that she had said, and then Christine keeps saying the line, "Do you have dementia?" Which yeah. is kind of kind of wild. And but if if Christine if if I was confronted with that line of questioning, I would say yes. Just everyone, I want you to imagine your worst bully from childhood looking you in the eyes and they're the hottest they've ever looked and they keep yelling at you, do you have dementia? That's sort of the reality programming that Bowen and I are hashtag standing right now. Not only that, but if your childhood bully, if your high school bully was an AFAB <laughs> drag queen, <laughs> like fully, who like... I, I, I told you this, Matt. I think she is like an echo of Regina George. Oh, like. yeah. You pointed out that made a lot of sense what you pointed out. Bone was saying that Regina George might have been a formative character in Christine Quinn's life. Well, the way that you and I talk about how Rachel McAdams as Regina George has influenced a whole generation of blonde women who are cruel. Like, I, yeah. I think... <laughs> yes. I think Christine is is has sort of inherited that... Um, that sort of existence. And I think- I would uh, agree. But it's so so wonderful. And Christine, here's the thing. She's funny, she's smart, Mm -hmm. and she is competent. Like, I believe her to be a good agent. I don't, Chriselle, Heather, I I don't don't know about that. I I watch the show and I watch them sort of do their showings and I'm like, 
Chriselle, why are you so nervous? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Heather You're has, so uncomfortable doing this. Chriselle, to me, I can't... Here's the thing about Chriselle. When you are someone like Chriselle and you walk into Christine's space, you actually do have to earn Christine's respect. Yes, absolutely. And the way that you don't earn her respect is by cowering around, like sort of being nervous around her. When someone comes in a room and you go, I'm sorry, I have to go get a drink. You're A, you're being dramatic and B, you are like running away from conflict. And let me tell you, someone like Christine, who is a formidable reality television show villain, is not going to respect that. And it's going to be harder for you if yeah. you keep creating these problems for yourself by not standing up and being a tough bitch in a in a workplace with tough bitches and the rest of them sort of I'm like on the fence about like Heather I feel like has like um hold on energy yeah, and I'm like yeah. girl what's happening here uh-huh uh-huh um hold what are on your energy thoughts? is, is uh, I agree uh I feel like Christine Maya uh, Love Maya are, are are sort of like the, I I see them sort of uh 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 excelling in that environment and and i believe them to be good agents mm -hmm. mary as well i like mary can't believe her boyfriend can't believe mary's boyfriend we, we can't we, we can't really talk about romaine i don't it's too it's 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 a lot but it's uh, fraught it's fraught i think that um chriselle fran Torado pointed this out chriselle <laughs> as as an actress she needs people to like her and right. that's why she keeps crumbling. And with Christine, she doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks. This is who I am, actually. And it doesn't, and like, and it's just, it's it's truly an embodiment of confidence. And mm -hmm. it's so alluring. It's, you're riveted. You're like, I want to, like, she's the star. Like, let's, let's fix on her. The way that her stepping out of a vehicle is Legs a cinematic first. moment. Just whenever you see, whenever they're talking about Christine and then they cut to a scene of just legs entering like a luxury vehicle and the song, the song you was like- the storm is coming! It's, no, it's literally, like yeah, well, we were said we could, we could like, like, Improvised songs that would play yeah, while yeah, Christine. Yeah. It's like, you better hurry up because the crocs are coming in. You, you can't stand the heat. Like, oh. it's just like, she's just like really like, she should put out a single. She should put out a she single. She should put out a single. And that actually, interestingly enough, oh, is quite a good segue into what I have to say is our our true, like, distinguished guest. I am so Very excited. Distinguished. I'm so excited they're here. Um, I mean, just this year alone. Oh, the, it's been a big year. The, the, the work has been stellar. I mean, where would, where, think about, think about where, where we would be without music this year. My life would be so much worse without music this year, specifically music. Their music. That, Specifically, I was going to say our our guests' contributions to the musical canon, and yes. we don't say that lightly, okay? Because it is canon. And also, can I say something? Yes. It was it was late last year, or maybe earlier this year, when I, my concept of time has gone out the window. But yes, yes. Who's who's been standing? Lose you to love me from the beginning. Who's been standing it from the beginning? Matt Rogers, and you've been standing rare Thank you. from the beginning. The album. Love rare. And our, our 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 lovely friend Leland. I mean, what a beautiful sort of convergence of talent there. Um, 
I mean, Selena, Selena not only has an army of gays that are her fans, she's got an army of gays behind the scenes. And hmm. the, the queers are, are, they know that to combine with Selena is something special. Yes. And our guest is actually rocking a shirt that says queers together. And that's actually an early front runner for title of M. Early front runner. Matt, why don't you go through the credits? I would be pleased to go through the credits. So everyone... Just in 2020 alone, our guest has written songs on Selena Gomez's Rare, Lady Gaga's Chromatica. Have you ever heard of it? AKA, mm-hmm. I've been like stomping the fields on my hikes lately to the Chromatica. Fields. Chromatica, an amazing workout album. If you, you hike the if fields, you, if you didn't Sorry. know, well, I've been hiking the Griffith Park, and it's yes. Chromatica actually has been driving me. One of my personal favorite albums of the year, Gaslighter. Mm. Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. Literally, you could put the fucking album of the year Grammy like put together with all of this for me and from my point of view anyway. And the Aces Under My Influence, just to name a few, including uh, one of the songs he wrote was, of course, You Lose You to Love Me, which I just mentioned before, which was a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is Now for Nothing, an achievement. They also wrote I Am a, I Am America with Shea Diamond, who we know. We met Shea Diamond at, yes, at, at this gala. Yes, oh we God. met her at the Fantastic. Human Rights Gala. They, uh, she had performed when um, Bowen received his Visibility Award. She is unbelievable. Also, not for nothing, but contributed songs to Thank You Next, The Jonas Brothers, Happiness Begins, Camila Cabello's Romance, Kesha's High Road, like all truly unbelievable albums. And I have to say, like even going back, like I have songs to bring up that have been my jams on older albums. He worked with... Kelly on a song that I love and I want to talk about. Um, and yes, I'm so, so he, they're excited too. <laughs> um, but um, basically, this is an activist, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire. I always love to have people that have actually made contributions to the culture. And this is one of those people. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk yet, but that's too hard not to laugh at that. So, Well, that, well thank <laughs> you in, for no, laughing. <laughs> and the person who that joyful musical laughter belongs to is the one, the only, welcome to your ears, Justin, Justin Tranter. Hi. Oh my God, Hi, what everybody. a joy. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm, as you all know, I like message you or interact with you on the internet like at least twice a day because I'm, so, I'm obsessed with both of you. So it's a, a we love you honor to be here. It's fucking I mean, awesome. We, we don't lie when we say like you really have like you are a part of our lives. Like you have created so much of what we enjoy and what we consume. So this is so exciting for us to talk to you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And it's so cool, too, for you guys to talk about everything that um, I've worked on that came out this year. Because not that I'm complaining, but so much gets brought back to, like, my my first couple years of success. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool to talk about the stuff that came out now. Because obviously with COVID and everything, I'm not, like, doing a thousand interviews. So it's nice to hear people talk about the Dixie Chicks and all that stuff. It's all fucking mm, awesome. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think we'll talk about... This is this is just an, a concept that I am like fascinated with, just in terms of creative practice in general. Because okay. I was reading, I was reading an interview of yours, Justin, where you were talking about how the transition from being uh, a vocalist yourself and 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 being in this group and performing and touring was wonderful and gratifying and so great but that you seem to be more suited towards helping other people writing to their voices and that you just you just love the 
practice around writing for other people which yeah. i know like I, I don't know why i'm so like fixated on this but i'm just i'm just i'm i'm like sort of like I, I always spot these people out. These people stand out to me anytime, like, they make that known. Like, it yeah. takes, like, it takes a creative competence to say, I am good at helping other people be creative. It, I think, you know, for me, I was just, it happened at the right time. And I mean, like, literal, like, my age. It was like, yeah, it happened yeah. at the right age, where, like, the band had been through so much fucking bullshit. Like, every industry cliche of dropped from four record deals and, you know, obviously being a queer person and a femme person, like, people just saying to you, like, mm -hmm. emails that were sent to the whole record label, like, hey, be less gay. Uh, or, hey, can we edit out this shot because your hand is moving too femininely, which is hysterical. Your hand, is moving, like, your hand is moving gay. Too femininely. Moving gay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you do know that I shot the whole video in like gold glitter eyeshadow and six inch heels. So I don't <laughs> really right. know. The hand isn't going to really help the situation. It's too late. Yeah, it's there's not late. like a gay eraser we can take to this. It's, <laughs> it's just kind of what it is. It's The band way being Semi Precious late. Weapons, we should say, yes. obviously. Oh, yes. yes. The band was yes. called Semi Precious Weapons. Um, Fabulous glam rock situation, New York City based. We opened for Gaga, we opened for Kesha, we did a whole mm -hmm. bunch of awesome shit. But when the opportunity to try to write with and for other people uh, showed up, I was like, fuck it. Like, what else mm. do I have to lose? I've been dropped from mm -hmm. all the record deals. Um, and then I discovered how beautiful it was. Um, yeah. And I think because in my band, I was living my truth so boldly um, in like a, a definitely like, heightened version of my truth it was like yeah. hyper sex hyper femme hyper everything um still who i was but it was like going for it yeah, um, yeah. that i think it really makes it i have the skill set now to help other people go for whatever their truth is and yes. it has sadly yet to be um a glam rocker with a six inch heel collection but it is digging into people's truths about whether it's like their breakup or something weirder than that or whatever it is and i just mm -hmm. kind of found um, that it's like such an underrated thing to help other people tell their stories. I think we're also obsessed with telling our own shit, which is good yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. And you've really found the emotion in pop. Like this is this is what this is something that I really respond to is I love emotional pop music. I love fun pop music. So many of your songs are so fun, but the reason I love Lose You to Love Me so much is because it really feels like Selena Gomez's truth. And yeah. it really feels like it came from, you know, the belly of her particular beast. And yeah. I really, I really responded to that and respected her um, so much, really with this whole album, which I actually have on vinyl. Um, I, yeah. Same. And uh, it, it's really, it, the album fucking slaps. And that song, as I think the intro to that album was such a bold choice because it is a ballad, you know, it is, it is more emotional than stuff that we're accustomed to hearing from Selena Gomez. Yeah. But I think it was really the right choice because you have to trust the audience that loves the artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think that's what I think that was a really, really good choice of a first single and what a success it was. Well, and it was her first choice. That was, it was really, you know, Selena is so amazing in so many ways. Uh, if she wants to, at some point in her life, she'd be the best A&R that there is. She mm. hears the coolest songs, she co-writes the coolest songs, and she picks Good For You was her putting her foot down on the last album Love years ago. Love Good For You. Mm -hmm. Good For You was her putting her, the, the, the label loved it, but they just didn't think that was a single because radio wasn't that minimal at that point. It wasn't that sort of like, mid-tempo, linear pop music was not a thing but then at it, that point. But then it did go in that direction. 
well, you know, I, I, I had to do what I had to do. Oh. Little, we have someone here that had a little something to do with it. No, but it was Selena going, this is my first fucking single. Yeah. And we were going, all right, let's see what happens. And then it was, you know, number one on pop radio. And then the same thing with Lose You to Love Me. Not a typical first single, but also the whole idea of the one-two punch of going with Lose You to Love Me and then surprise the next day there was Look at Her Now yeah. was all Selena's idea too. So I'm very grateful to be in the room and be a part of the songwriting process. But when it comes down to those choices and when it comes to Selena, it's all, she has complete control of it and like tells people what the fuck's happening. It's really cool to watch. Okay, that's, that's, that's I awesome. I love that. I, I do just want to say how phenomenal Look at Her Now is. Just, oh, thank you. It's incredible. The, thank the, you. I mean, sort of, if you want, I mean, I want to just put out there and correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, but like the, the chorus is basically, wow, look at it now. It's, it's so like, it's so skeletal and like simple and yet it like fucking like hits you. Like it, it hits the ear so well that you're like, wait, this, there's, there's just enough going on here. It's not lush. It's just, it's just so well constructed and so stable with what it has. It's, I don't know. It's well, so good. that is so, so fucking sweet. And I will say, I love that song so much. And when she told us Me that too. she was going to do the one-two punch, I was like, that is really, really smart. But also, I think Look At Her Now is like such a fucking smash and could go to number one on radio on its own, on its own. if you gave it its own life. But in terms of the storytelling, it was so smart. So like she was right in the long run. But as a songwriter, you want like all of your of course your songs totally. to shine. But it was she it was, was she was she did the right thing. She was, I think, as an artist, like seeing trying to see the forest for the trees there. And I actually really loved that both those songs were out because it made me more excited for the album, which I oh, knew was going to speak a lot of different languages. And yeah. I would say also the thing about um, Look at It Now that I love is it is a song that is really telling a story, mm-hmm. but the chorus is is exactly what you're saying, Bowen. You yeah. know what I mean? And I also just love the lyric, of course she was sad, but now she's <laughs> glad she dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Took a few years to soak up the tears, but look at her now. Look Watch her, her go. Now. Which I is also, a perfect follow-up okay. to Lose You to Love Me. I didn't realize that storytelling, that she was so intentional with that, that, you know, it follows up directly from that song. You know, you always say, like, you know, people who were child stars or who got a moment of, like, random viral fame from whatever website they get viral on, they can have one hit or one moment or whatever it is. When there is... Like when it happens again and again, it has to be because the artist is in charge of it and knows what they're doing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like some kid from randomly blow up on TikTok and have one hit. If that kid has 15 hits, there's a reason, you know, that it is that that person has that talent. So Selena coming from Disney, if there would have just been one hit, well, she was famous on Disney and it just happened. Mm-hmm. Now there's been so many. You, you, you know that it is because of her. It is because she is that good. Yeah. Well, what do you smart. make of, totally. Well, what do you make of artists where... The assumption sometimes for an audience is, well, they couldn't have like masterminded this whole thing. They have a whole team behind them. Like, like, like where, like, how do you sort of um, place that power and that control in anyone that you work with? You know, I get asked all the time, like, well, doesn't it make you so mad that like you're the one like writing the songs and they get all the credit? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, no, first of all, I'm co-writing the songs. But second of all, like it always takes a team. Someone has to be in charge, but it always takes a team. And I find it so funny. Like No one is furious that Meryl Streep didn't write and direct and star in her film. Yeah. But yet right. people get furious that pop stars had help. And I'm like, I don't... It's such an interesting... Uh-huh. Whitney Houston never wrote a song. 
Right. But she's right. a fucking artist and you can't say she's not. Yeah, exactly. Or like Dolly Parton is one of the great American songwriters. But she also if she hears a song that somebody else wrote and she loves it, she will sing that fucking thing. You know, yeah. so it's yes, I just have to laugh it off because people do get weird about it. But like, what are we going to do? Yeah. So I, I did. I, and I did just want to like we definitely went through the credits, but I want people that might not be as familiar to just understand the breadth of like your influence on music. So I want to list some artists that you've worked with. Britney Spears, Gwen Stefani, Linkin Park, Kelly Clarkson, who's my girl, Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, (laughs) DNCE, Kesha, who I've really been enjoying her last album actually lately and I feel like people slept on. Um, In Real Life, Fifth Harmony, Five Seconds of Summer, Ariana, Gaga, of course, B. Miller, and Fall Out Boy, just to name a few. Obviously, in addition to that is your girl, Julia Michaels, who who, who is your, your partner. Yeah, but about like half of the songs I've ever written have been with with Julia. Yeah, we, we once we met, kind of we just had this magical chemistry and wrote. I would say like for the like three years, I wrote like ninety percent of the songs I wrote. I wrote with her, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously she became a pop star in her own right. Um, and I had to keep working, so you know I'm not about to go on <laughs> tour again. So I, I had to. So now there is a whole other chapter um, that stuff that I didn't do with Julia, but. What fucking sucks, obviously COVID sucks for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons that it sucks for me is that me and Julia, she wasn't going to tour this year. And we were huh. we were already back in the studio. We did, um, I don't know if you've heard Zara Larson's Love Me Land, but I think you would love it. Oh, not yet. Oh, my I God. I love Zara, though. It's I, a really fierce song called Love Me Land that me and Julia did. And me and Julia were about to go do a whole bunch of shit together. And then obviously everything got shut down. But yeah, that's my, that's yeah. my girl. I mean, hearing she you rocks. talk about Julia, the way that she's taken off, who and she still managed to maintain this songwriting. Yeah. She's been spinning that plate, like, among, like, the performance aspect. And it's good that she, like, knows her comfort. She knows her line in terms of, like, if she doesn't want to tour, then that's, like, fully her decision. Yeah. Which is, like, her, but, like, are you, at, at this point, and not to bring up Semi-Precious Weapons again, but are you sort of... I mean, was was that, did that leave such a terrible taste in your mouth that you just have no interest in it anymore? Or, I mean, are you open to it in the future? It's such a weird thing because the guys in the band were all still really close. The drummer in the band works with me on a whole bunch of stuff. I'm currently making a queer Christmas album for a very, wow. very magical project that will be announced soon. Oh. Um, it's really exciting. It's It's no fucking joke. And the drummer from the SPW is with me working on the whole thing. So we're all still super good. It was just yeah. the experience of kind of what I went through. And it all happened, you know, this was like SPW's peak years were like 2008 to 2011, 12. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the shit that reporters would say about our band, they would lose their jobs now for the blatant homophobia that would be wow. said and mm-hmm. the crazy shit. But it was just it kind of exhausted me. And this is going so well, I don't really want to fuck with it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, and I'm finding that... Um, there are things I miss. I miss talking about the visual. I miss talking about the live show. Our yeah, band was known sure, for the sure. live show. We were not known yeah. for our songs, which is funny because now I'm a professional songwriter. But um, so I miss that. But I, you know, I have artists signed to me now, and we get to talk about their videos and talk about what the show might look like if you know America ever gets this fucking shit together and we can all <laughs> tour again. Yeah. Um, or like I'm working on a bunch of film and TV stuff, which is super exciting because there's 
a, it's not just write the song and go home. There's a whole big conversation involved. So those yeah. things that I do miss from being in a band and touring and performing, I'm finding ways to like scratch those itches in other places. Good, good. So yeah. um, just to talk about this year a little bit more, I have a couple Please. questions because you've truly worked on, I mean, several of my favorite albums this year. I mean, just just even talking about Chromatica and Gaslighter and Future Nostalgia, that's like so unbelievable. But I did want to ask about Chromatica specifically yeah. um, first because you uh, wrote 911. Yeah. What intel did you have about the Chromatica true to transition into 911? Like, did you know that was happening when you heard it? What did you think? Like, what did that moment feel like? I wish there was a story to tell you. I had no part of that process. Oh my wrote, God. I wrote Alice in 911. With you know, it was like we 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 did two days for the album, and those were the two songs. And me and me and Gaga go back years and years. My band yeah. opened for her. Her first couple shows as Lady Gaga were opening for my band in New York. So There's this really cool full circle wow, moment for us that's to be awesome. for us to be together and write songs. You know, well, we never wrote in the, in the old days, so to write together finally. And yeah, um, but then you know, Star is Born happened because we wrote the songs before Star is Born came out. Oh. And so Stores, Store is Born. Star Store is Born. Store is Born. Store is Born. A store is Born. Store is a Barn happened. And That's about Home Depot, that movie. It's great, great film, great film. Um, <laughs> and so obviously, you know, the conversations about what was happening on Chromatica were not that they ended, but for me they did because I wrote the songs and then she went and did a you know six mm-hmm. month long promo tour for Star Is Born. Um, mm-hmm. So when I didn't hear, I heard it when you heard it. That's the first mm-hmm. time I heard Un- it. Well, that was such a moment. On like I remember listening to it the first time through, and that moment, just like that collapse into that song, and just how so it's it's such it's such a highlight of an album that is chock full of highlights. So it's it's just I had to know like what you felt when you heard. That that happened like because th- it really does it just it rocket launches you into that next well i actually album. to be honest i didn't know what was even i just saw like ten thousand tweets of chromatica 2 into 911 chromatica. yes I was like, what the fuck are they talking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm, i don't even mm-hmm. know what's happening yeah because also to like a lot of the old school fans who either fell in love with us in new york at the same time or fell in love with my band because we were on tour with her they were yeah. so excited that we were back together in some version. Yeah. Um, and so they're all just tweeting directly at me or tagging me. And I'm like, what the fuck are these kids talking about? <laughs> um, and so then I listened. I was like, it's, I mean, it's so good. And then to have it become like the meme of the year is pretty, pretty fierce. It's, pretty fierce. It's literally yeah. incredible. And then um, so to totally shift gears musically, you also worked on gaslighter and yes. you wrote so many great things on this on this album like texas man is is incredible my favorite song i think is sleep at night i always love like uh, i love a good fucking mm. hook i love like a great pop song and i just wanted to ask like what was it like to work on that with the icons that icons. are the chicks like no can like you talk actual, a little bit about that you know like is like gay people who have the internet we say icon a lot but like they actually are icons yeah for no for sure i mean this is no no hype no hyperbole this they are it yeah all three of them though like like you watch you go back and watch it up and sing it's like oh they all had to the way they all supported each other and natalie and i mean like you just that's that that doesn't that that almost never happens that kind of like harmony and that support it's it's just so beautiful and inspiring but yes the, their icons what was that like 
mm. walking in the first date, which was also fabulous because it's me and Teddy Geiger, who I don't know if you know oh, who Teddy yeah. is. I love Teddy is Geiger. One of the greatest producers of our time. And she's mm-hmm. just, she came out as trans a couple years ago. And so yes. it's just like for, you know, these, we all know that the chicks are really progressive. We like, yeah. we know that, but still they're country queens, right? So to like have these country icons with me and, you know, possibly the biggest trans music producer in the world, yeah. you know, um, pretty cool moment for the first day that we meet. And the first day we met was sleep at night. So, <sighs> I mean, that, that song is so great. And I just love, like I said, just, it's so emotional and it's so, and there's something about, you know, you know, the song is beautifully written and also Natalie Maines's voice. I mean, that we voice. talk about how you can feel everything she's gone through in her voice. Mm-hmm. The voice is, is pure heaven. And what was so fun too is like, so she's, you know, it's, it's a, it's an odd experience. You guys are writers. You understand to like you, sometimes you, you know, I don't know how it works for you guys, but for me, a lot of times you, you write songs with someone, you just met them. There's no lunch beforehand. There's no yep, yep, anything. Yep. So it's like, you just meet this person and I'm beyond starstruck. And I my, mean. my intro to the, the chicks is a little bit different than a lot of people. I was Patty Griffin obsessed in, in mm-hmm. the late nineties. Mm. Um, so I saw her perform at like the B stage of Lilith Fair in like 96 or 97 or something. Wow. Patty Griffin, who if you don't know who she is, she's like kind of like the queen of new folk music, Americana, mm-hmm. just like yeah. heaven. Mm-hmm. And the chicks were obsessed with Patty and um, covered a couple of her songs, including Fly, which let him fly on the yeah. album Fly, which was an amazing so song. Beautiful. And so I was like, oh, what's this country group covering Patty Griffin? And so then I fell in love with the chicks that way. And so even though I found the chicks in a different way than most people, I was still obsessed. And so you're meeting this person who's an icon who I've loved for years. So over 20 years, yeah. 20 years. And you just have to write a song the first second you meet. And yeah. obviously she was going through a lot of crazy things in her personal life. That's her story right. to tell, not mine, but she's been public about it. So we can all, mm-hmm. we all know what's happening. Right. And, you know, we're just saying, people say things. And my favorite thing to do in a session is go, whatever someone just said, go, okay, well, that's going in the song. Yep. Like, well, that's kind uh-huh. of a mouthful. How do we fit it in to an actual melody and a lyric? And so those pre-choruses were just like taking direct words from her mouth and finding melodies for them. And the other ones mm-hmm. can be like more poetic and whatever, but I love to find those lyrics in the song that are just like, no, someone actually said that. Yep. And now we're going to sing it because it just like cuts that much deeper. It's just so funny. I have to laugh. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. funny about that. Like 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 that pre-court, like, like those yeah, elements um, you would say? My husband's girlfriend's husband just called me up. How insane How is, that? is that? Is that? Yeah, How messed exactly. up is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That was just figuring like shoving actual conversation into song which is my favorite favorite thing to do and so that's what the first day we met was that and we just like really loved working together and loved the vibe and um just kept going and but i think we wrote five songs and four made the album which that's not a normal Mm. percentage normally you write like half of what you write gets thrown away forever but with them Uh they're so special at all at all most of it stayed and i gotta say those four songs are pretty much my four favorite i mean like young man i i love young Young man Man. don't don't try that song you can't even try that song like yeah she's ready you have to be sitting like she's untryable it's a thing where it's just like this album is very much about divorce and this is an element this is such a huge element of it and i feel like in one song she was able to really write a love letter to her sons and you know you guys just did 
an unbelievable job on that. And I also love, love My Best Friend's Weddings. I mean, like that song is Mm -hmm. truly, truly great. And we bop out to Texas Man. And (laughs) it honestly made me want a Texas Man. It got me horny. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's it stirred us. It stirred our loins. Well, I'm glad I'm stirring loins. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's, I didn't think I was going to stir loins with the Dixie Chicks, but at least loins have been stirred. We are blue blue bottom bottoms? No. Blue, blue bottom bottoms. Another front runner for title of is that. that, is, that is it blue bottoms? No, no, no. What is blue bottoms? What balls? are you getting at here? This, okay, we're, we're, we have to cut this out. Blue. <laughs> no, it's not getting cut. It's, it's, it's blue flower. Yeah, do you mean blue balls? What are you blue talking about? Blue bonnet bottoms. Blue bonnet bottom. Okay. <laughs> That's what I meant. Lord, they're blue, Lord. They're blue bonnet girls. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> we are going to take just the quickest break and be right back with our guest, Justin Tranter. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister in any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yeah. We're all going together, the Lost Coach family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details and believe it or not we're back and We're here with Justin Tranzer, and we've just been kind of, you know, to use an oft-used word, gagging so over (laughs) their contributions to music. And I did say before, um, so I stand Kelly, and you wrote the song Nostalgic. Mm. And I... This is this is such a good song, and I literally thought to myself, like, should this be a single on this album? And then they kind of build on that album. But I love that song. Now, what are you what are you saying to me? Okay, there's I'm ready. I'm ready to tell truths because it's so long ago. I, we can just tell all the truths. Tell yes. truths. Okay, one, it's one of my favorite things songs ever. Yeah, one, I, th- I think it's a great song. But two, it's the first time a superstar ever recorded a song of mine. Now she Kelly. got, as you know, I'm well. I'm sure both of you by default, because I'm sure Matt has forced you to, to know every Kelly Clarkson story ever. But, <laughs> um, but I saw the view. I, I can tell you're a fan too. <laughs> but I know that that Matt is the main one here. But, but so <laughs> as you know, fan. Matt, she got um, pregnant. I think it was the second kid. And so, yeah. even though she was my, it was the first big cut I ever had. It was not the first wow. big song, mm. not the first big artist to play out a song of mine, but it was the first big cut because it didn't come out for like another year and a half because of the baby situation. Right. Because straight people, they can't stop. So, um, <laughs> but nostalgic is so important to me because of that. And I love that song. And it was mm. one of the, I normally don't sing demos because I have like a, a rock voice, but that is one of the songs I did sing the demo on. So it's like extra special to my heart. And that was kind of the song that they based like the whole vibe of the album really? on. Really? And they would we wow. would hear from everybody, which I didn't know at the time was actually a bad thing because the A and Rs and label people will play it for everyone, saying this is our vibe. Mm. But then it gives them like two years to find a song in that vibe that maybe is more current or maybe is more whatever. But at the time, I, I was see. like, oh, how fabulous! The whole Kelly album is based off my song. But then it wasn't fabulous because then. It wasn't a single, and it wasn't right. blah, blah, blah. But it's still really special to me, and she sounds so good on it. And when I went, because um, I didn't get to hear her vocal at, right away, I heard it before it came out, but I went to the New York offices where her label's based. I'm like, oh, do you want to hear her vocal? And I was like, oh, my God, you have to. I'm going to die. Please. And I'm in this office like trying to be like super cool. Like I'm former glam rocker. Now I'm like buzzing on the pop charts. Yeah. <laughs> and they play the Kelly vocal, and I start crying in an office oh, building. Like wow. fully crying. Because, I mean, I've been a fan for so long, and her voice yeah. is just so fucking good. 
and it just blew my mind. Piece oh my by gosh. pieces, even as like a Kelly, I, I'm not I, I I am not as much of a fierce fan as Matt is, but mm-hmm. I can recognize that piece by piece is this. And it was, I mean, it was the last album she was on before she was kind of liberated into Meaning of Life. But I feel yep. like a very personal album, obviously, but also very, like, solid, fun, varied songwriting, I would say. Like, yeah. um, like, and you had you had our girl Maren Morris on it. You had, Oh, that's like, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there was, I, I, I think it's a solid, very overlooked Kelly album. Maybe not, I mean, maybe it's not to the wider Kelly fan base or the, or even the narrow Kelly fan base. But I feel like we don't as a culture recognize piece by piece for its musical. Well, We're still like, you know, a singles culture and there wasn't that real home Mm -hmm. run single on that album. So people don't know, but you know, if you're listening to this, listen to nostalgic just because it's, you know, my first, my first cut. And nostalgic to me is the bop on that album. And I think actually, I think sometimes what happens with Kelly is she will always find a way to make you talk about how talented she is because mm-hmm. it's when she I I, I was actually watching live oddly enough I, I hadn't watched American Idol in so long Liar. but she had I, I <laughs> hand to God I, I like it was my life when I was young and then I somehow like um, knew to tune in because she was going to be on it because it was like the quote unquote last season now it's back or whatever but yeah. um but she came back and she was so pregnant and she did that that piano version of piece by piece yeah. and it stopped time and so went right to the time. top of the Beautiful. charts and she got a Grammy nomination for it and brought more attention to that album. Yep. But I was really grateful that she did that as a fan who wanted people to listen to piece by piece because I thought it was great. That album was made of hooks mm-hmm. like that. And on, honestly, for me, Nostalgic is the bop of that album mm-hmm. for me because it just, I, she sounded like she was having fun doing it. Sometimes I think in those later years at RCA, it sounded like she was maybe a little disinterested in some of the songs she was singing. Like, I don't know if she gives a fuck about heartbeat song uh like for for me it's a it's a whatever thing and when that when it's that's pop, the first it's, it's it's a bop version of jimmy eats world of of the middle yeah but i think that which she, we love i think right. she thought the monster on that album was going to be invincible which is a yeah, great it's song so good that's a but, sia song right yes yeah yes and um for some reason it just didn't it didn't make it happen on radio but there's a lot of good stuff on there and nostalgic is my favorite song on it so i, I had to give the kudos well thank you. i actually have another kelly clarkson story if i may indulge yes you. Please, please 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 so um i was and i mean this this isn't just like internet talk whatever people say like when they're pretending to be humble um, <laughs> i was actually like super fucking honored and excited to be nominated for a golden globe because i was like a music person yes. getting to hang out with movie people and TV people. It's like, oh, uh, now I'm like actually cool. Like this yeah. is fucking <laughs> sick, right? <laughs> so grateful for a Grammy nod. Thank you, baby Jesus. But like the Golden Globe was kind of cooler because I knew I was gonna get to go to the Golden Globes. Right. At this my is for table, Stars Born. Uh, no, for um. Uh, oh my gosh, what the fuck is the movie called? Ferdinand. Um, it's a Nick oh, Jonas yes, song. Yes, yes, Nick Jonas. It's, a, it's like a really beautiful, like inspiring kids song. It's the kids yeah. song, but I fucking love it. And uh-huh. um. So I got to go, and so they put me at, like, the music table. So it's me and Nick Jonas, and he brought Joe, his brother. And then um, it was Kelly Clarkson was presenting. So they just mm-hmm. put her at, like, the pop music table because they just figured. And I'm, 
And I hadn't met her yet. So even though she wow. had cut nostalgic, it was like all done. Like she was in Nashville and sent. So I got to meet her finally. Oh and my gosh. What was, it was just so cool. And I met Sharon Stone that night and made a total fool of myself. Because Sharon. She's oh. my number one. Like I w- I'll kill myself for Sharon Stone. Happy to do it. If that's, if that's what it takes to save Sharon, I'm going to do it. So I love that. Thank you. She's a great number one. No, she's my number one of anything, anything in the world. <laughs> So I got to meet Sharon Stone, blah, blah, blah. But what was so fucking cool to watch, and Matt, you're going to love this the most, is that every movie star, the reason I met Sharon Stone is because she stopped to introduce herself to Kelly Clarkson. Who doesn't love her? Who doesn't love her? Gina Davis stopped to introduce herself to Kelly Clarkson. Every (gasps) movie, I got to meet every fucking A-lister I ever wanted to meet because they wanted to meet Kelly Clarkson. Wow. And it's so funny you say that because that was famously the red carpet where she almost tripped down the stairs because she got so excited because Meryl Streep was there (laughs) and she went over to Meryl Streep. So I feel like everyone thinks like, oh, Kelly, she's just like us. You know, she's normal. (laughs) She she fangirls over celebrities. But to hear that they actually are fangirling over her is the Mm -hmm. real truth. Real truth. Yeah. And then who's the um, who's that? I, I don't really like care what straight men do in this planet, but Me there's neither. the guy he was in Forty Year Old Virgin. What's his name? Steve Carell. And there's the moment where he gets waxed and yells Kelly Clarkson. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came over to introduce <laughs> himself to Kelly Clarkson. Wow. <laughs> he owes her. Isn't that crazy? And they had this whole moment together about the movie, and it was like a whole shebang. That is so good. Oh, yeah. I love her so much. She's cool. nice. She's the best. Oh, she couldn't be nicer, couldn't be cooler. She like brought mm. her own food to the Golden Globe. She was like, I'm not eating this shit. It was- <laughs> 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 Kelly has that power, though. It's like she is forever a pop culture. Like, yeah. she's a staple. A yeah. staple, but like uh, this whole, like she like legitimized a whole show, a whole franchise Completely. worldwide. Like she is the reason why Idol is still on, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. And she'll never go away because she always, she she's always going to remind you how talented she is. And to back it up, she's also has that energy from within that emanates out. Like not surprised at all that she's now an Emmy winning daytime talk show host. Like you know, it's, it just, nothing surprises me. And I always knew, like I, I've been a fan now for almost 20 years of hers, like a, a big fan. And I've always, even in the ups and downs of her career, cause there were major downs. I mean, the my December era, whatever was going on with her and Clive Davis at that time, like that was tough, and like yeah. there, there, there's been ups and downs, but I, I, I never am worried about her. I'm always just like excited about what she's gonna do next, and I yeah. always enjoy everything she does. There you go. And Kelly I wanted, to, but I did want to ask about our other icon, which is Gaga. Yeah. Um. Just you know, we touched on the the nine one one of it all. There but. was this time in Gaga's career, even before Star is Born. Well, I mean, and, and then it all sort of like made sense later on in hindsight. But like, you had these dual tracks of Gaga after Joanne, where she was doing the Cure, and you're like, okay, this is like nineties R and B. Like, what is this? This is this is this is something fun and novel and new. And then. And and then you know Stars Born happened, and then you're like, oh okay, so that must have been like a Stars Born cut or something right. that she wanted to keep for herself. And then, but then like the Enigma thing happened in Vegas, where you're like, is is this the Enigma era? Yeah, is this Enigma the aesthetic? The... Yeah, yeah. And then Chromatica happened, but then it all sort of converged, I think, in in the perfect way with Chromatica, where you had 
like new disco, like house, like all these different elements sort of coming together. So I think it all sort of convalesced and and, and coalesced in, in the right way. Yeah. When Blood Pop, who produced the bulk of Chromatica, mm-hmm. um, is just, I think, one of the coolest producers in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, uh, me and Julia did uh, Justin Bieber's Sorry with Blood Pop. Mm. Um, so we another of, monster smash just a little ditty for the kids for the children um, but it was really cool too because then when I went back and wrote on Chromatica uh, with Gaga um, it was with Blood Pop again who I hadn't seen for yeah a, we, a, a couple sessions since sorry but not a lot and so then it was so cool because it was not only coming back with Gaga but then getting back with Blood Pop who's just right his, this, his sound choice is like kind of the coolest in the world right now he it's like picks so the coolest cool. sounds yeah can you talk a little bit uh, although i know there you can't share the gritty details like can you talk a little bit or speak to the creative collaborative environment that is working with lady gaga yeah sure i mean you know it's i've been in some form or another been around her from a couple years before she got, I, I would say the fame, but actually the album, the fame and being famous. Mm-hmm. And then obviously very much on, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then working on Chromatica and, um, you know, she just is, is the musician's musician. She's mm. the performer's performer. Um, you know, those, all the huge hits from the fame, it was just her and red one alone. It was just the two of them, which Ugh. I think is you guys from my, you know, follow both of you enough online. Like, you're pop super fans. You know that nowadays most songs have minimum three, three people, yeah. minimum. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. a lot of times there's a lot more, especially if it's there's samples involved and you have to credit the writers from the original sample and there's like, then there ends up being 20 people in the song. Yeah, yeah. All those early Gaga songs, that was fucking her and her alone. I mean, Speechless, she wrote by herself. You know what I mean? Like there's like, you're, you, you're walking into a room with a real songwriter, a real singer and a real performer. Um, and then now she's a fucking actress. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. whole, you're walking into someone who has the whole thing and who knows exactly where she's, what she's aiming for and is going to fucking figure out how she's going to hit that bullseye every time. Um, mm. And also too, what's so cool with her is that she just takes real risks. Not like, oh, I'm a pop star who's going to like, you know, get personal this time. No, like she takes, <laughs> you know, that's always, always been personal. I really yeah. took, you know, I would love when I'm getting, this is my most personal album yet. Well, what about yeah, fucking right. the last single from yesterday? That was the most, anyway, Yeah, she always yeah. takes real risks, like yep. big sonic jumps and whole look changes. And I just think it's, it's so cool to like be a part of the process with someone who's jumping off the fucking ledge every time. Like it's really Ugh. cool. That's, that's amazing. That, that's that, honestly, we talked about Kelly for me. That's Gaga this is for me. This oh, is really? This, th- yeah. Did well, you see I, the Monster Ball? Did you see me on the Monster I, Ball? I I did not see the Monster. The first tour I ever saw was Joanne, but Monster Ball. I was following. Isn't know, that I, crazy? That's but, so but, late. but but she literally did save his life. <laughs> she did. But 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 with the Monster Ball, I was looking up every single youtube video mm. of people recording and of course it was it was it was S, uh, spw and it was and then i have rewatched the hbo fame monster mm. uh, the monster ball just recording it's pretty insane so many t- i think that is one of the most important tours ever it's our gener- it's our generations you. yeah it's our generations like it's our blonde ambition. ambition. Who's yeah. that girl? And fucking um, the girly show all in one. It's like all these huge Madonna tours all in one. Because she, she like did like what seven different legs of it. It was like a two year long tour. 
I, I was, I was, there was only six weeks we didn't do because the Sitter Sisters did six weeks. But so of the two year tour, we did every single show except, you know, however many shows are in six weeks, but nuts. We did, we did North America twice. We did uh-huh. Europe God. twice. We did Australia only one, but, but just like, it just never, ever. It might've been North America three times. I don't fucking know. It because was she a did. Lot. It was a lot because she did North America. She did the stage version, mm-hmm. the theater, the theater version. She did the, the, the arena version, and then she did the, the Born This Way into Born This Way, like arena version too. The theater version, I think, is is possibly like my my most favorite pop tour. And I don't uh-huh. mean because I was opening. I mean like her her show, not me. Mm. Her show, yeah, yeah. was my most. I think my most favorite pop tour of like the last at least fifteen years. It's Ugh. you know, Blonde Ambition holds a very special place in my heart. Of um, course. But I definitely think that the 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 theater version of the Monster Ball was like actual perfection. There was one time we were in the LA show, and I went out to watch. I watched like almost every night because it was just that good. Mm. Why not? You know, there's people actually like killing each other for tickets, and I can just like walk out and see it. So I might as yeah, well go yeah. do it. She did this thing with the audience, like it was a stop in one of the songs. I can't remember which one. She was in like the beige skeletal outfit, and she stopped, and like they were applauding. And like she just let them keep applauding, and then she like did like a fake yawn, like, oh, yep, I'm bored yes, of it. I bored. Know, yes. And they went even crazier, and I was like, well, that's one of the cooler things I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> what a rock star move! And no, my favorite, the thing that has like informed everything about like my conception of performance is her during the Love Game, uh, uh, Chufu, in between Love Game and the remix of it, like her just doing the whole like. Dance um, motherfuckers. Dance motherfuckers. Or her just being like, I've heard they've got really big cock here in Northern Ireland. <laughs> so Belfast, get your dicks out. Like every city, like just just mad living in the cities. Like it's it's so genius. It's like what it's really funny does though, that? that you bring up Belfast because in many cities and Belfast is one of them. They would put up after the first night that I would perform the next night they would either um threatened to not let us perform if I didn't change certain aspects of the show. Wow. Um, or they'd put up signs saying that the opening act is not appropriate for children. Mm. But that's obviously like extreme femme phobia. And at that time I was, I was, yeah, prese- and, and homophobia and like I was presenting so femme, which I still do now if I'm like going out, but it's yeah, only yeah. if I'm going out. But, um, you know, so there's elements of transphobia in that where they would like literally threaten to arrest us happened in Boston. Um, and then Boston. in Belfast, like we was all one of this was many times of like warning, like this is not appropriate for children. And I'd be like, oh, but when the cis woman says, yeah, get your yeah. cocks out, totally fine. But because yeah. I'm I mean, I our, our, we had some crazy lyrics and like I would change my outfit on stage and it looked like I was naked, but it was a full like nude bodysuit. So I was not naked at all. Um, but I'd be like, oh, that's that's interesting. So she's cool, but I'm going to get arrested. Dope. Millions and uh. millions of people <laughs> in this world are literally afraid of gay people and of gay sex, which is literally what homophobia is and means. And it's mm-hmm. so it's very um, shocking to confront that even in the environment that is like a Lady Gaga show. But that yep. is unfortunately um, a reality. I um but what but really quickly I I just I love that Justin's pointing out the distinction between homophobia and femphobia and of yep. course transphobia Abs- but oh, the, absolutely. but the femphobic aspect is this thing where it's like I, I, sometimes I'll just I mean the, the, this past season of work I would just be standing in a sketch and then I think like 
I would get tweets that week when I wasn't in any other sketch besides just like basically standing in the corner of one and saying one thing. Mm -hmm. And then someone being like, multiple people being like, Bowen keeps acting gay. What? Why does he keep acting gay? AKA, can we do anything with his hand? His hand is being gay. There's like, mm-hmm. no, there's nothing we can do about our very nature. I mean, th- <laughs> thankfully I don't, I don't get that note internally. Um, right. Uh, which 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 I'm very grateful for, but I mean, in terms of like the response from just anybody thinking that like thinking that there's like only there's a threshold of gayness that they can handle yep. as an as an audience member is like so interesting to me. It drives it it drove me insane. I was just yeah. like, this is it's not homophobia because homophobia is like okay cool like the idea of a gay person I'm okay, is, is like enrages me, but the idea of a person like with a limp wrist visibly is gay some... visibly femme yes. sure it's an is, is a totally different thing yeah, 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 to- yeah, yeah. that's a great distinction and it's you know I think too because of, and I, I try to always like forgive queer people because we've there's so much shame that's been put upon us but yeah. like right. as we all right. know you know, gay men are very guilty of femphobia too. Of so course. when you're opening for Gaga, there's a lot of gay men who are very uncomfortable with me being so femme and so sexual as well. Mm. Cause it's like, okay, no, we're cool with like Neil Patrick Harris, but you that's, that's too far. Yep, that's yep, too yep, far. Yep, right. yep. Um, and Neil Patrick Harris can play Hedvig, but that's a character and this is actually who you are. So that's. Because we know he wears a tie. <laughs> We love a tie. We've seen it. We've seen the girls in it. You know, we've seen him in a tie, and so and his you know, husband wears a tie too. And so there are two tie-wearing men. Very safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And they pee standing up. Thanks. Thanks. Thank thanks. you. Even when they're tired. <laughs> Even when they're tired. You know what? You know, I because bef- we we have to ask you the question, the question, capital T, capital Q. But before we do, <sighs> I would be remiss if I didn't mention just one more song. Please. Which makes me act like an absolute whore um, in my in my in my <laughs> dwellings here, which is the iconic "Make Me Feel" by Janelle Monae. Oh my god! I mean, can we just like this and "Dirty Computer"? The whole album, unbelievable, so but "Make Me Feel" good. said this is what I am like. Can you speak a little bit about that song and working with Janelle? I mean. One of the coolest human beings to ever live, right? That's mm. just, we all know Let's that's a go. fact. And yeah. she shows up to the studio looking fierce, which I really appreciate. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like if we're there, you know, I was I was writing this Christmas album I'm telling you guys about. I was writing the Christmas album in my house with my friends. We all got tested so we could be together, you know, yes, like yes. do this album. And I still show up to if I'm gonna if I'm gonna write a song, there needs to be mm-hmm. some sort of look. You know, if it's gonna be a t-shirt <gasps> like this, I'm still gonna do like a high-waisted jean. I'm yep. still gonna put a fierce shoe on. If we're, if we're creating, we're fucking creating. You're coming wow. to work. You're dressing in work attire. <laughs> Have to. If we're creating, we're creating. And that's rule of culture number one hundred and six. If we're creating, we're creating. creating. And I don't think you can create in sweatpants. I just don't. I don't agree with it. I don't approve yes. of it. And I'm ready. To, I'm ready to die on this hill. You know, of all the things, I agree I'm an with activist, you. But my real activism is sweatpants while creating. Hundred <laughs> percent. It should be outlawed, mm-hmm. banned. I'm calling Glad and telling them the new agenda. This is it. Yeah. This is and it. you are a board sweatpants. member. I am a board member. <laughs> and they are a board member. Yeah. No. Use use. Oh, by the way, also too, just so you guys know, all pronouns are fine with me. So don't ever stress with my pronouns. All I pronouns. Know, all pronouns. Love I love it. them all. Take them. I'm take them. Um, but they are a board member. <laughs> it of is glad, a board member. Damn it. Um, so no. So 
Janelle shows up to the studio, always in a look. Mm. Oh, Dua, Dua Lipa, look oh. every time. Every time. Love it. And what a gorgeous, t- talk about two gorgeous women. Gorgeous. Oh my God. Women. Oh my God. I saw Dua Lipa guest hosting Kimmel the other night. I was like, this bitch is on a Zoom looking like oh. a model. All day, every day. Gwen Stefani, honey, I'll show Gwen. up to the house at 10 a.m., you know, because she's on mom's schedule. So if I'm showing up at 10 a.m. to write a song with Gwen, She's done. She's looking like she's me. looking like Gwen Stefani in the morning. She's always done. She's just she's done. always I'm, done. I'm not saying everyone has to live that life, but I just want to shout out the people that do because I think <laughs> yes. it does take work. It does take work. She's the same age as Ted Cruz. Our friend Nicole Conlon says this. She's oh the my same God. age as Ted That's Cruz. Unbelievable. Conservatism eats you from the inside. You look like shit. Mm-hmm. At that mean age. people look mean. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah, ugly mean people. people they're ugly look in, inside, mean. deep in, deep in there. This is true. But make me feel so. How t- talk about where this <laughs> fucking came from? Like because this is this this song is an all timer. Thank you. Um, it came from uh, me and Julia, Mattman and Robin knowing that we were maybe going to have a chance to... Matt, Matt and Robin are my favorite producers in the world. Mm. Um, Mine knowing, too now. Matt, Matt and Robin? The best. Oh, and they're like super cute Swedish boys. Like, they're just the best. Um, one just had a baby. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, creepy, but good for him. We um, love babies. But, <laughs> no, babies are terrifying. But, um, so, we knew we were going to get a chance to maybe work with her, so we, like, just dreamed up a little starter idea because she's a real writer, right? So you can't show up with a song with Janelle Monae and she's going to smack you in the face. Like, it's got to be... Mm-hmm. So just a little starter idea. And um, luckily she came in, she heard it, and she was like, fuck yes, let's go. Um, and it's one of those magical songs. All my favorite songs, for the most part, they all... It feels like they write themselves. Like, you don't know who yeah. said what or who, where it happened. It just kind of comes and, like, the the meat of all my favorite songs, like, the core of them... Um, all happen in like I would say 45 minutes at the longest like it, it yeah. just like this dump of creativity um, what a horrible word choice dump no, that that was, I, I, please dump of creativity that. unfortunately it's a front runner for title of app I don't know what to say <laughs> when these things happen it's, a, it's against my better judgment we have to just do what the universe is saying you know just let it happen yeah it's like you know there it is. It's, it's like songwriting really <laughs> when the title of app arrives the, it arrives and dump of no. creativity is registering at about number three on the list things could change <laughs> Things could change. We don't know. That is true collaboration. That's like when that's when it's like the best. Oh yeah, and that's why it's always so funny. Which I love that you guys have not asked me this at all today. Like, so at this part of the song, who did that part? And I'm yeah. like, well, not only is that not important because we're all in there doing it together, but most of the time I don't even remember. You know, if right. Julia came in with the main idea, of course we fucking remember that. Like she came yeah. in with the main idea. Like hands to myself, Selena Gomez, Julia walked in with that idea. So of course uh-huh. we remember that. I love that song. Oh my so God. Good. The body of work. Thank you. But yes, yeah, so Janelle just, and actually what's really cool too is that when we were writing it, um, the lyric um, sexual bender, it was oh. kind of being interpreted as like when you go on a drinking bender. Like a sexual. Yeah, that's bender. how that's how I hear it. That's how I hear it too. But then she made the video that was very clearly a bisexual situation. So a mm. lot of people were like, "Oh, sexual bender, like a gender bender, but a sexual bender, like she can go both ways." And I was like, "Oh, that's a lot cooler than what I thought." The song that the I the dual meaning was, of it all isn't that cool. So yeah, I don't know. Really if cool. She heard like 
if that's how she wanted the video to like heighten that line or if it just was sure. all like, amazing coincidence. But yeah, she's the, she's the best. What a pre-chorus. So good. Also, wait, we have to shout out um two of two of my favorite songs that you've worked on, which are Go off. Well, of course, Erica Jane, how many fucks? But also, oh yes, the, the number one, Thank one and only. For, but like, let me let me couple these together, and then Britney Spears. Do you want to? Do you want to come over? Mm-hmm. I think, like, unironically, like one of Britney's better songs. RuPaul's Drag Race is making the biggest mistake of their life by not having that as a lip sync song. Yes. it to me is screaming out. I had my <gasps> first lip sync. Make me feel. Oh my god! Yes, yes. it was a, a like winning lip sync. Shay Coulee. <sighs> Shay motherfucking Kool-Aid, make me feel. Oh my God, wow, yeah, that was the last episode. Mm-hmm. That was the last app. Wow. Isn't that cool? Oh my well, God, Well, honestly, I will say, Do You Wanna Come Over should be a lip sync song. That song is to be. it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, uh huh. Like it's, it's also again, it's skeletal. It's like there's, there's no, there's no excess. It's exactly the amount that we need. That's Matt Man and Robin production as well. Julie, me, oh. Julia, Matt Man and Robin, and we wrote it the morning after we were all in Vegas on this in this writing camp, and we went to go see Britney perform, yes. of course, and she pulled me up on stage because her manager you know made it fixed it so i got uh-huh, to go up on stage uh-huh. and i got to I be mean, like yeah. the when she's like the dominatrix thing and she like i crawl you know that whole thing have you seen the vegas show anybody yes I, i've not seen the vegas show but i've seen enough clips to basically piece it all together okay there you go like <laughs> andy cohen did like you know whatever yeah i i yeah yeah so i was doing that and then the next morning we wrote make me not make me feel sorry do you want to come over yes um, in fully inspired by um by that by moment, Brady. yeah. Zane's A and R had asked us to try to like submit some songs for Zane, and we were just too overwhelmed by the performance we saw the night before that we just <laughs> had to write a Britney song. <laughs> Not, wow. kidding. Not kidding. Sometimes you just gotta write a Britney song. I find. You know what I mean? Especially in in Vegas. When you're in Vegas, it must in Vegas. And in she's Vegas. in the air. She's yeah. in the air. She like, is people- Vegas. When you go to Vegas, it like it is informed by who's like there. There's like the Secret and Royd era where it's like you go to Vegas. Like I remember as a kid going to Vegas and being like, "Oh, like this is where like miles, like two miles away from wherever Secret from wherever Celine is, wherever like that person is." And like she, she like was like the queen of Vegas for like that period. Yeah. Well, I think Britney reinvented what Vegas meant. Like, right. Yeah. You know, even though it wasn't at her peak peak of fame, she was still Britney was still kicking ass. And so no. to go to Vegas, yes. where everyone else went, like when it was years and years over. So I think Britney really reinvented all these all these people are going in their prime. I mean, Gaga yeah. was just there as fucking stars born took over the whole planet. You know what I mean? I know. What a do moment. you do you have any thoughts about what is happening with Britney right now? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's kind of top of mind for everyone that is a big fan of hers. Like, yeah. I think that everyone's a little concerned. I'm, I'm wondering if you have a take on that situation. My take is that I just love her so much. And the, 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 cause you know, we did write together. Do you want to come over? We just wrote for her, but some of the songs in the album, we 100% wrote together, which we were in the room. Mm. So she's also there contributing and being yeah, the artist. Yeah, there's a song called Just Like Me on um, Glory that's uh, this really twisted concept of her um, amazing concept it's a comp- twisted is a compliment when you talk about Britney you have to be very careful because her fans are very passionate so when I say yes, twisted yes. the beautiful Britney fans I mean that as a compliment <laughs> had this beautifully twisted concept about walking in on her lover cheating on her with someone who looks just like me mm-hmm. I see mm-hmm. all twisted. Britney's concept twisted fabulous so twisted yeah and 
so yeah, definitely spent time with her. She couldn't be sweeter. She couldn't be cooler. That beautiful vocal tone is actually just comes out of her face. That special weird tone of hers. Again, weird yes. to compliment Britney fans. Um, distinct. Yeah, distinct. distinct singular. Distinct. And yeah. so I just love her and I have so much love for her. And all I really want to say is I just hope whatever's happening that she is as happy as she possibly can be. Yes. I think with the controversy, uh, we're all just, I mean... You, you can't really take a side on it beyond just being like, we just hope she's okay. Like, she yeah, turns yeah. out okay. Yeah, and it's tough, too. I think with, you know, I think some of the... Who, I, I just I just wonder if all this drama is is helping her. I, right. You know, that's what concerns me, is that yeah. I know that people want the best for her, and I know that people are, are rooting for her. Um, I just hope that the, the way that they're rooting is actually helping her. Um, that's Because yes, I just yes, want exactly. her to be amazing. I want her to be happy, and that's all, you know, and... That's all I know. I think I think fandom has evolved uh, over the last uh, few years in a way that I think, she, or I, I, and I can see that she is able to tell when concern for her and like care for her is is coming from a good place. And I think there is this collective sense of like what's different from how, however, she experienced things in her past is that I think. It's very clear that everyone is just um, j- just wants the best for her. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's tough is that it's all with any with anyone who's in the limelight. It's uh, you know when fans are trying to express love, it, it's a tricky thing because wow, we don't know how that person is wants to receive love. Of right? course, but of course. That's the fucking triple quadruple edge sort of being famous is like who knows what the right thing to do is. So I just want her to be happy and and healthy, and she deserves yeah. the best because she's given us all. So fucking. Much. She's. I so mean, much. that's the thing too. Is like you have to remember, Britney Spears's contributions to music and Everything. to pop culture. <laughs> like it's not just. It's not just like she came in was a success and now it's like, uh, you know, she's doing whatever she's doing and is feeling however she's feeling. She came in and she changed the culture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She is a once in a lifetime, like once in a generation. Um, movement moment mm-hmm. like it is it is and sh- she has earned this place in people's hearts that yep. that's where I think this is all coming from it's yes. like it's it's not like we are just you know navel gazers wanting to know what's going on with her it's we we need Britney to be all right and we yeah. we we love Britney from the bottom of our hearts and we are people who call ourselves lost culturistas and we talk about pop culture and let's fucking give it up for Britney Spears because she is a legend. She's, and and she, le- it's an overused word, but that's yeah. a real bona fide living legend. Mm-hmm. Well, and she changed pop culture like the second her video showed up on MTV. The second she showed up, it was one world. And then the next day it was another world. Another world. And the people are still rooting for her happiness 22 years later is fucking amazing. And she deserves it though. She, she, she has put in the work to this fan base that, you know, she deserves all that love every second of it. You're right. Um, I, I want to ask one thing before we do a break and then we'll ask Justin the question. But the thing that I do want to ask and I really genuinely want to know is um, I talked to James Anderson, who's this writer SNL, who's been there for 20 years and who's, who's written so many things. And he talks to me all the time about how he's like, oh, sometimes I'm just like, I forgot that I wrote that thing. D- do you have that kind of thing with your catalog or I, I'm oh, just, for sure. Uh, from a, okay. That's, 
perfect. And that that is only a good sign that you have like are so creatively just like solid with your output that you're just like, oh, I, it's not even about keeping track of my hits anymore. You know? Well, also, too, it's just like, you know, you'll be in, of course, the ones that get played to death on the radio. It's hard not to remember sure, them. Sure, sure. But, you know, before the world ended and you'd be walking through the grocery store or something and like an album cut would come up because that's just uh-huh. what's on the grocery store's playlist. I'd be like, yes. this sounds so familiar. What is this? Uh-huh. Cool. Right. Got it. I actually co-wrote the song. And it's a that's really so weird thing. <laughs> it's like such a weird thing too. Like on the Gwen album I made, um, the, the This Is What The Truth Feels, or This Is What The Truth Feels Like. Yeah. Um, Great album. Great album. Thank you. And there's so many album cuts on there that like grocery stores love <laughs> yeah. make me like make me like you is a grocery store song and i mean that in the highest honor oh, oh god <laughs> it's so good i love misery oh misery misery is my misery is my number one from that whole album i think love misery yeah that was that was a, that was a special because she's she's in my in my probably top three artists of all time she's so to icon. work with her was like was pretty shocking and then to make an entire album with her and then a Christmas album with her it's like just I'm good I can just I can jump in my pool and never come out ever again die do you remember (laughs) that you wrote Like Mariah by Fifth Harmony (gasps) (laughs) you know cause I remember it's so so funny so fucking high Camilla's Camilla's like low key no joke um, Camila's so fucking talented. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. Yeah. Her, vo- her voice is, she is terrific. Her voice, the way she writes melodies is terrific. But like Mariah, again, if I'm talking way too much, you can cut all this out. But the. I'm living for all of Me too. Okay, so like Mariah, I wrote with a woman named uh, Raja Kumari and the producer um, J.R. Rodham. And we, my first hit ever was Fall Out Boy's Centuries. Um, probably yes. didn't, did, mm. might have not crossed your guys' radar because no, it's a bomb. It was okay. centuries. <laughs> of course, are you kidding? Which I actually wrote after watching a YouTube documentary about Marsha P. Johnson, and I wow. wrote down the lyric, Amazing. "You'll remember me for centuries." And then I went in and wrote. So, happy we, birthday, Marsha! It's Marsha's birthday, oh by God, the way. It is her happy birthday, birthday Marsha P. She would have been 70 75. 75. Yeah. Um, on a much, much, not nearly as important note. <laughs> so I was with that team. And um, the the producer was like, I just talked to Fifth Harmony's A&R. They really want a song where they sample something from Mariah. Mm. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we, he sampled the... Yeah. And I was like, well, that sample's just too iconic. We have to acknowledge Mariah in the lyric. Else Genius. it'll just be distracting. It's too distracting. Um, and so then genius, that's, genius. that's how that happened. And uh, pretty pretty dope, though, because Fifth Harmony does have one of those crazy fan bases. So even though yeah. it's, not, it's not even close to one of my like most well-known songs, it does get brought up a lot because that fan base does not fuck around. No, I, I'm I'm a I'm a lover of your harmonizer and Fifth You're Harmony. I, I love Fifth Harmony, and uh, to, to, we were we were saying Normani was it. Yeah, f- it. since Back before in the day. everyone else. I mean, that album, that first album is, I mean, Sledgehammer and then Top Down. Mm -hmm. And then like, that is such a solid album. Do you know who wrote Sledgehammer? Megan Trainor. Yes, I did know this. And so she's kind of a, kind of the sleigh of the millennium, isn't she, Megan (laughs) Trainor? 
I wish that everyone could see Matt's face right now because the true sort of like you, it like it feels like you're Sherlock Holmes who just cracked yeah. the ultimate case. Let's like, get down to business here. Megan Trainer's kind of the slay of the millennium. The slay huh? of the millennium. <laughs> so I've only ever written one song with Megan Trainer, and it's called um, Genetics. And mm-hmm. if you haven't heard it, it features the Pussycat Dolls. <gasps> and love I them. think you guys would love it. It's like one of the gayest bops of all time, which is obviously Genetics. a compliment. It's obviously a compliment. I don't need any, like, I think that her fans call themselves like M trains or something. I don't need, when I say it's the gayest song ever, that's obviously a compliment. Um, listen to genetics. It it will it will genetics. ruin your life in all the right ways. Best Megan in pop culture, Megan McCain can take a walk. Um <laughs> I also just want to actually sit, shout out one other song, which just is... Just keep going. Yeah, so, okay. is, this, is this okay? Is, no. our, is, is this annoying to you that we're just making you talk about? I'm loving it because also, too, okay. you guys like really aren't asking me about any of like the big radio hits, so I never get to talk about these songs, okay, so I'm good. loving Well, I'm going to continue that trend and say, <laughs> okay. you know what song made me get to my knees and actually almost crying was JoJo's song, Music. Bitch, that fucking song. I'm obsessed with that song. And she, Bowen, have you heard this? I don't it's think basically, I've heard it. it's basically, it's the first track on her album called Mad Love, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and she, it's basically, it's a ballad, and it opens the, it opens the album, and it's basically her saying, "Music is the love of her life," and uh-huh. she has, she has bets her life on music every day mm-hmm. and she will never stop despite the fact that it's been so hard for her. She's had, yeah. She has been paid dust by the industry mm-hmm. and she is so gifted and so talented and still is out there killing it. Yeah. And this, it. this song to me, can you talk about that song? I would love to. Working with JoJo was so fucking amazing. Like I, uh, all of us, like not only is that voice insane, but knowing if you're paying attention, you know the fucking hell she's been put through yeah. with her crazy first record deal and all this shit. Ooh, I have chills. And so to get to work with her was so unbelievable. And like I love some of like the this like the the more textured smaller voices that I get to work with I love that because you tell stories in different ways but then when you work with someone like Jojo yeah. you can tell stories in like a fucking in a whole other way right it's like a Natalie Maines thing completely Honestly, yeah. her voice is like cinema it's like it can Complete. do it all it really yeah. and then you know that song um, the producer we're working with name uh, his name's Yusi but he goes by Yusufer. Um, you know the producers they all hot, got hot. they all I got some he's, he's a really really awesome guy and very cute um, oh. and he was playing piano and we were with this amazing other writer named um, Haley Warner who did Katy Perry's Never Really Over which I think is a very oh. underrated song great song no, for me one of the best songs that's come out in the past so this posse, the four of us, so the three of us and JoJo, we had written probably six songs together at this point, and this was the last one. Like, okay, I think we're done with the album, but and I didn't do the whole album, but just like we were, cl- she was close to the end of her process, and um, let's just see if we can get one more, and let's just be super raw and vulnerable. Like, screw the computer, let's just go over to the piano and see what happens. And Yusi um, started playing, Haley started singing this melody, and JoJo and I were just kind of talking about what she wanted to say. And we talk about some real, real honest, raw, raw shit in that song about her, you know, yep. her dad and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just kind of one of those things that fell out sitting around a piano like it was the old days, no computers involved 
obviously eventually they had to get involved, but we just wrote it at the piano, like from the heart and doing what I love to do the most, which is just like talk to the artist and figure out how I can navigate their truth the best way possible. All the readers have to listen to this song. Mm-hmm. The music by Jojo, our it's guest, amazing. It was a co-writer on the damn track, which mm-hmm. is saying something. I Jojo just sent me a vocal um, on Friday night or Saturday night of this song she's featuring on for this um, artist I'm working with. It's like a DJ producer, super cool thing. I don't think I can say who it is, but Jojo sent me a vocal. You're not ready. You're not ready. It's oh like a, God. it's fun. It's like a bop, but she's like still singing her fucking ass off, which sometimes is hard to do on a bop. It's kind of yeah. hard to like really sing, but it's Jojo. So of course it happens. Get ready for it. You'll know it when you hear it. It's wow. coming, I think in October. Who is the most underrated artist out right now? The most underrated artist out right now. Um, I mean, my favorite artist, she's not really underrated, but I think she should be a thousand times bigger, is Phoebe Bridgers. Um, yeah. Obsessed with Phoebe Bridgers. She's just, I, she's uh. like a songwriter, songwriter, but her also vocally, she's amazing. Um, she's my favorite artist right now. Oh, Tennille Towns. I don't know if you all ever get into the, the, the cooler side of country music. Well, Dixie Chick, so obviously you do. Tennille yeah. Towns. Okay. Tennille Towns. Has a song called Somebody's Daughter that will ruin your life. I get to um, write with Tennille in a couple weeks over Zoom, and I'm so oh, fucking I'm excited. excited to check wow. that out. She's like my new favorite. Like, she's my, I think she's like the best thing to come out of Nashville in like maybe 10 years. Like, she's unbelievable. I love that. And I love that you shouted out Phoebe Bridgers. Matt, you should listen to this album, Punisher. It's <sighs> it's so good. And you, uh, like, excited. I've heard a lot about lot. Uh, emotional motion sickness. Have you heard? Have you listened to that song, Matt? Oh, it's. I'll I'll, I'll send you the stuff. It's it's so good. Oh, oh my god, Justin is gagged. Motion sickness. And it's also I'm so gagged because like she's on like she's indie. She's cool as fuck. Like I'll never uh-huh. get to work with her. So it's really nice too to have like this this to find a new album that I'm just obsessed with as like a fan. Like I'm 15 yeah. again. It's not about like yeah I think I could work on that. No, it's just like I just listened to it endlessly and I wish that I was that good. That's pure. I mean, I I am when her album came out and uh, I woke up groggy, and I just decided to go to go on a run of impressions of her, <laughs> where I did I like I like improvised a Phoebe Bridger song and I kept doing it and then <laughs> it was just like. I didn't know he was a Scientologist. Like it's like all this like crazy, <laughs> these crazy details that she's she's such a good lyricist. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, like I like just like tweeted them and then, um, didn't expect anything. And then this was just like a this is this is how like Chloe Feynman must feel. Like like she, like Phoebe found <laughs> it and retweeted. I was like, this is this is the perfect like full circle thing where like she was able to like appreciate she had like a sense of humor about her own work which of I was course. like that's cool like that is yeah like the ideal and good for her for like being there because anyway she just seems rad it's, speaking of Chloe the, when you guys were talking about um, selling sunset at the beginning the only oh. thing I know of selling sunset is Chloe's impersonation of the one woman of Chriselle yes 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 so I, I was like well I, I kind of know what they're talking about but only because you know I stalk all of your whole posse on the internet you need to actually become familiar with Christine Quinn from selling sunset because I think the two of you, you could should do write good work together because I don't know if she has any musical talent at all but I don't <laughs> think it matters I think that she should become i mean she's like an erica jane i have done reality star before i mean erica yeah. does have talent though so i don't know she is very talented yeah. yes very talented but you brought up how many fucks before and what's so funny is that one of my first gigs ever of writing for other people was to write for erica jane it was not how many right. fucks though it was like way earlier and it back was in the like, painkiller era yep 
and she heard something that I had written. It never came out, but someone played her some demo I had done, and she was like, "Oh, that 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 that's fabulous!" And like checked out my band. I was like, "Oh, that's definitely who should be working on my project." Yeah, and it so makes so flew much me, sense. Um, to Miami, which was really glamorous at that time in my life. I hadn't been flown anywhere because in the Fun. band you get you fly places, but you pay for it yourself. Like yeah, she yeah. paid for my ticket, and I felt so chic. Um, and I don't think any of the songs ever came out. But then <laughs> later when I had a bunch of hits and someone from her team hit up my publisher and was like, anyway, I know, I know she's a reality star, but is there any way Justin would work on this? And my, of course! my publisher, my publisher wow. knew that like how Eric was one of the first people to ever think I was a good songwriter. And she was like, let me call, let me call Justin because I'm pretty sure they'll be down to do this. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking giving Erica Jane a fucking song to launch her off of Real Housewives. <gasps> is that what she's on Real Housewives, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. on Beverly Hills. Happening. So yeah, and me and Erica Jane had a full another another full circle moment. Many of those in this conversation. How many fucks do I give? <laughs> and also oh. like, no like current like pop star would ever sing that. Not only do I just does she deserve the respect because she she believed in me before a lot of people did, but Ugh. I'm not gonna get any other pop star to say zero 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 none. How many fucks do I give? And then there's some really weird rhyme in like the second verse where I rhyme like dicks with eight somehow. Like you can suck on my <laughs> dake and like I've had eight suck number on my one. Dick. <laughs> it's like it's not often that you get to force rhyme dick with the number eight. And if you have that opportunity, you've got to take it. Also, enough another, but she earns that because she can jump into a split. Like, come on. The woman is giving you everything. The video for, this, oh my God, it's one of her videos, but expensive? she, expensive. Oh, great, and I still great. don't give a fuck. And she lands into that split. I'm like, bitch, this is not a drill. This Incredible. is, I couldn't believe at the time I wasn't watching Housewives like the addict I am now. But at the time I was like, she's on <laughs> Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. This is like slang like I've never seen before since the war. <laughs> since yes. the war. I haven't seen something like this since the war. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed, finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20-plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick-and-mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn, and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for where you want to get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Do you need to be part of the next pop culture moment? Are you scared of missing out on once-in-a-lifetime experiences? From can't-miss music festivals to international fashion shows to your favorite celeb's favorite restaurant, staying in the know can be so expensive. Don't let your finances hold you back from living your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com to start living yours. It's I-N-T-U-I-T.com. Let's get into it. Um, okay, we have to ask you the question. Okay. And that is... What is the culture that made you say culture is for me? This is formative culture that sort of set you in a cultural direction. You said Sharon Stone is your number one of all number ones. Yep. But is there, uh, are there other things that come to mind? So, you know, of course, my, my, I, I've, I've listened to the pod. I know how this goes. And, I, you know, my publicist warned me that I was have to answer these. And so... Warned? Well, You've prepared. Been warned. Is that yes, 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 prepared. yes. You know, you were warned about this. <laughs> Every interview warned. we do is an assault, so it's good that you were warned. <laughs> and it was, you know, I, I have, I have an answer for you, but I, just before I said, I want to just let you know there was a, a some serious ties, if not runner-ups involved. Oh, you know, so why don't all. you say the honorable mentions? All right, so a serious honorable mention was Debbie Gibson. Now I think I'm older than mm. both of you, so I don't know if you understand the power. We of We understand Gibson. the power of Debbie Gibson, the original okay. Christina Aguilera sort of you know and she was her she produced and wrote everything alone oh i didn't know that alone bitch alone so this woman is no joke and i remember being five years old listening to her cd tape it was a tape then because that's how old i am so this was i think it was like miss cassette miss cassette williams she was cassetting (laughs) she was cassetting for jesus and there was a song and i went like i think i can do this I could, wow. yeah. I could write that. So that's a big culture moment for me because it was like pop, pop female, songwriter, big thing, right? Then yeah. there was also much, 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 much later in life, but in terms of like pop culture as like the trashier side, because I was a total music snob as a kid. Yeah. Because um, mm. once I was past Debbie Gibson, it was like you were either Courtney Love or Ani DeFranco or Tori Amos or you didn't exist. Like you had to be mm-hmm. the wow. coolest of the cool, you know? 
the first like big pop culture kind of like I don't want to say trashy because I loved it and respected it was Jessica Simpson's reality yeah. show situation. Newlyweds. And, oh, the, the even more specifically, her GQ photo shoot where she's in um, an American flag bathing suit in a parachute and the parachute straps are like really giving a nice frame for the nether regions. That was a moment yeah. where I was like, uh, okay, this type of pop culture, now I'm on board. I never understood yep. it, but I'm, you know, a 20 year old hipster living in Brooklyn and I mm -hmm. think all these hipsters are wrong. Please stop talking about yeah. the strokes. I want to talk about Jessica Simpson in a parachute. So yes. Yeah. Big moment, but then the one that I'm really choosing to define me is the Madonna Vogue performance on the VMAs where she was giving you full Marie Antoinette. And right. that was the moment I went, my life is over. If I'm not Madonna or any sort of version of a female pop star, I'm not gonna survive this world. The best so, to ever do it. The best to ever do pop The best star. to ever do it. Yeah. And I yeah. love showing people Truth or Dare, um, especially mm -hmm. younger folks that I work with yes, in pop music. Yes. And they watch Truth or Dare and they go, oh, so she invented like this whole thing. Everything. Yep. And I'm like, with lots of inspiration from the queer community. But yes, she was the first one yes. to fully be inspired by the queer community. A hundred, Because now all the girls are only inspired by the queer community or the black mm -hmm. community, obviously. Long conversation to have, very serious. But Madonna yes. was the first to really blow my mind and go, okay, this is my life now. And even with Vogue at the VMAs, like you still had your girl Camilla Cabello do like Marie Antoinette at SNL. At SNL, she was doing, yep. which I believe you know, was I believe me. was probably a An purposeful homage. homage. Yeah. yeah, but it's well, but it's still like oh, but these these are timeless things to reference. Yep. Mm -hmm. and there's there's no like because there is a world where someone a, a girl now does a thing that Madonna did like an aesthetic bars from a Madonna aesthetic from 30 years ago. And it, it it can be received as like, Oh, that's like actually not cool anymore. Yeah. And that looks stupid and bad. Like, why would you ever wear that kind of hoop skirt or whatever? And yeah. like, but now it's like, Oh wait, like these are all things that can be transplanted to any era or any, yep. you know, pop culture in, in like the modern era, like, time you know it's yeah. that that's like the power of madonna yeah that's the power of madonna and that that, that mo I, I can see it clear as day it was on like the tv upstairs in my house i grew up in and i just remember watching that performance and being like nothing will ever be the same mm -hmm. for, for the world and for me it's all oh and also too because there were so many she had so many very obviously femme queer men on stage yeah serving yeah. kissing like not not hiding their femininity at all and yeah. that was like okay so i might have to be a backup dancer but i can still get on stage like that yes. was like a big big moment for that's me. so interesting yeah, like yeah. To, to register yourself in it oh completely <gasps> did completely wow. did what's um what's your favorite madonna album i was gonna say era i was gonna ask a the same or question. era yeah, yeah both answer both questions yeah i mean the as an album as a whole i would say ray of light Okay, good answer. That's that. That's the smart answer. That's the smart answer. But music nerd the, answer. The yeah, but as a like as a, not an album as an era, it's weird because they overlap. The like a prayer slash Dick Tracy era because yes. Vogue, which many people forget, Vogue Dick was Tracy. on the fucking Dick Tracy soundtrack, yes. which makes no very sense. little like, sense. Yeah. This old timey cartoon movie has a song about 
like how gay men dance, how specifically black gay men dance in New York in the yeah. late 80s. How are these, how does that work? But that happened. So it's kind of the overlap of the like a prayer, which really you can just call the blonde ambition era. The blonde right, ambition yes. era as an era is for sure my favorite by far. But as an album, there are more, because a lot of the early Madonna albums, if it wasn't a single, they, the, some of the songs were pretty hard to listen to. Um, sure, Madonna sure. fans, That's please fair. don't kill me. Please don't kill me. I worship. But well, they have bigger fish to fry right now, and they can they can go they can go deal with they can come get their girl actually. But uh, I'm I'm anyway. trying to block out the fact that she's like hawking Donald Trump's um, I know medication it's... or whatever the fuck you not medication Donald Trump's poison. I'm trying <laughs> Everyone's got to get a bottle of hydrochloroquine. Yeah, I'm trying to block that out right now. While we, while I just gave you my defining moment of of culture for no, me. No, no. And you know what? People can be more than one thing. Exactly. They can be they can be the defining moment of culture for a lot of Americans and people worldwide, and also be hawking hydrochloroquine. <laughs> as a as a COVID medication, which I have to say is hashtag not a thing. Real. Not a thing. Not real. Nothing. Not, not, anyway. not a thing. Yeah. Did I answer that question correctly? Did yes, I, like, you did. I, did. Right? I was I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. To know also you got Sharon Stone and Gwen Stefani in there contributing. It really clears things up for the girls. Okay, good. Okay, good. Sharon Stone and Madonna yes. sort of line up very well, I think. They tell, like, they're compliments to the same story. They which are is the, Justin the bombshell. Tranter story. The bombshell. But it's, it's the Justin Tranter story. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's that hyper femininity with extreme strength and possible violence you know that? yes like, yes again i am not it's a, a laugh away from a tear laugh <laughs> away from, laugh a from a tear but i was that I, I am not violent never have been which even though in some instances i probably should have been to protect myself more but yes yes there is something about that sharon stone all those characters that she played so well where she's so beautiful and so strong and might kill you yeah really I needed that feminine strength to get me through fucking junior high, you know? Yeah. Yep. I totally get that. This is, but this is the thing that I was, that we were talking about with Selling Sunset, Matt. It's like the Christine Quinns, the Regina Georges, these are women who are, who could kill you, who could murder you. I love the full (laughs) circle nature of this. I do. And I, I need to be put on my toes by some of my pop culture obsessions. I need, I need to be on a high alert. There needs to be a whiff of death, a sense of danger. Yeah. Yeah. I need the threat of death. Yeah. Yes. Urgency. You know, if it's not death, at least be super urgent. If you're not going to kill us, at least make us feel like what you're saying has this extreme sense of urgency. And be actively engaged with what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I love the eye of the tiger in it. I, Mm -hmm. I, I, for me, it's like if I ever, if I ever am not into someone, it's probably because they're, aesthetic or their image or their energy is passive. You know what I mean? Like I love uh, energy. Yep. I agree. It's like whether I was obsessed with Courtney Love or Lil' Kim or Madonna Mm -hmm. or Gwen, Mm -hmm. none of them were making music that was anywhere close to each other, but there was this urgency in Sharon Stone, even though she wasn't making music. Yes. Even though I've tried. I I definitely have tried to reach out to (laughs) other people. What if she wants a song? We don't fucking she know. She could. You know? Yeah. No, you don't know. <laughs> that would be huge. That would be it, huge. It would be, it would be a colossal global hit. Can you um, well, okay, so now we have come to the moment that mm-hmm. is I Don't Think So Honey, which I know we've been doing a lot of I Think So Honeys with our guests because, I mean, 
Justin has contributed it all, capital I, capital A. But now we're actually going to turn away from positivity and towards what I will be call on the show negative catharsis. Um, mm. And we are going to do I Don't Think So Honey, 60 seconds to rail against something in pop culture that we... <laughs> Don't think so about. Um, so, uh, Bowen, I could go first, I think. I Okay, that's good. Um, I will put you first. This is the traditional order. This is Matt Rogers'. Do, would you like to say something before? I would like to say one thing, which is the, uh, almost my I don't think so, honey, was necklaces that have your name on it. Okay. Um, but I've decided <laughs> that I will not do that today. Okay. And we have one... Ready to go? Let's just for say. Time. Let's just say if if I feel a certain kind of way about it on another episode, I am launching into that one because I I don't know if I think so, honey, about these mm-hmm. necklaces that say Mary or the necklaces that say your name, but but it's not today's. So I don't All think right. so, honey. Okay. I have to be a little bit more prescient and topical. That's right. Okay, so this is Matt Rogers' I Don't Think So, Honey. His time starts now. I Don't Think So, Honey, the Republican National Convention, which is happening right now as we speak. And if you are listening to it, watching it, responding to it, reacting to it, posting about it, stop. I Don't Think So, Honey, because you know what? That's what they want. Uh They're going to say a lot of crazy fucking shit this week. And we're recording this on Monday, which means it's begun. And they're probably up there right now saying some crazy fucking shit. Don't buy into it. Stay focused on one thing and one thing only which is getting them the fuck out we already have so seconds. many concerns right now that we need to be focused on that they are going to be talking about other things tonight tomorrow the next day whatever to distract us that's what they do it's his playbook i don't think so honey if you haven't realized by now that what trump does is create public circuses to distract you from the real issues which are the fact that the postal service is still under attack all the time and you know what Five they seconds. they headlines will try to confuse you to make sure it's all okay. We need to be worried about voter suppression. Stay focused. I don't think so, honey, the RNC and the chaos around it. And that's one minute. Thank you. Wow. This is what I, this is, this is how I feel, which is we're better off not watching it. And also what I think is very intentional is that the scheduling is crazy because we're recording this Monday, so it hasn't even, I I wasn't even sure like when things would start, but like I I got notifications throughout the day in the afternoon today where they they were like, okay, they officially renominated Trump, and which, which was like, okay, yeah, that that's like procedurally what happens. But then like Trump already gave an address, I think, in the afternoon. But then he's speaking every night. I know he's speaking every night, but like at like two p.m. or he three p.m. He, like, spoke in the afternoon. And, like, the program... I'm saying the programming and the scheduling is also, I think, intentionally chaotic so that ev- so that no one really knows what to focus on or what not to focus on even so that it's, like, you're being pulled into this no matter what, even if it's against your will. So, yes, I mean, like, try to tune it out as much as possible. Uh, tr- don't fall for the distraction, even though that's going to be difficult. I mean, we're going to inevitably be talking about this throughout the week and the month. Um before the debates, but like it's, it's, yeah. And I will say, you know, right now we literally are talking about it because it's happening. And I did make comments last week about the DNC. And what I would like to say is that we recorded that on Monday. And by the end of the week, I actually want to give some credit to the people that put together and pulled off a virtual DNC. Because while I don't agree with, in fact, strongly disagree with some of the people that they had speak, I will say that at the end of the week, I actually felt hopeful about a Joe Biden presidency instead of just denying Trump and wanted to get Trump out of there. I think that it 
is um, really, really important that we see someone who not only is empathetic and not only really cares, but someone who, and this is really important, decenters themselves in the narrative. Notice how Trump has an inability, an incapability when it comes to taking himself out of it. It's always about him. It's always about what he's feeling, thinking, who's wronging him, he is unable to decenter himself. Whereas Biden will often make things about his son, his wife, his vice presidential uh, nominee, his um, party, his American people. Understand that's really important. And for someone that is a white cis man who's in politics, who's probably been cultured to believe that the world kind of revolves around him, he's run for president several times. It's incredibly difficult for someone um, that's running for president to consistently decenter themselves in the narrative. And I'm not, I'm not just heaping praise at Biden's feet. I'm saying I am impressed that we have a real um, effort here to make this about the American people. And there's a real contrast between these two candidates. I don't think I'm speaking to anyone that's on the fence, but if I am, I hope that's something that you notice because it's growth and it's important. And he, he seems interested in us, which is not an interest of the presidents. I think it was, uh, Thanks, a, an effective messaging moment for, for, uh, the party. I fucking, hate that they had Bloomberg up there cracking his Bagoo jokes and they had I totally agree. They had like a virulently anti-Muslim Yep. There was not there was there. not enough Muslim presence at there all. Was, there, there was there was zero none. Muslim there presence. Was none. There was none. They did they could have had Rashida, they could have had Ilhan. They they chose that was I think that was a choice not to and to instead open up big tent bullshit and be like, let's have case it come and like talk. it's that was the thing that sort of rubbed me the wrong way and it only really worked as a harmonious sort of unified party message because you had progressives like aoc like bernie sort of falling in line as it were to be like yes we were throwing our support behind biden even though there was that dumb aoc dust up with the num with the success with the second nomination thing um nbc news still owes an apology for tweeting out that she quote unquote did not endorse or support biden so uh, that night she was actually yeah. doing what procedure is and she was seconding the nomination for bernie because he earned enough delegates so under they they and here's the real truth and you know whatever i'll just say this nbc news willingly um, posted that knowing how this shit works. Yep. So you, we have to understand that, you know, it's I understand that yeah. a lot of people stand MSNBC. We got a lot of people out of here who really appreciate Rachel Maddow and stuff like that. But this is a real problem. And I don't want to be out here on this podcast being like, don't trust the news. But they made a serious, serious, intentional decision there to confuse people about what AOC was doing. And it really is hard to convince me that the mainstream media doesn't want a story, which is the Democratic Party is in shambles going forward, because you know what? It's a narrative and they're thriving off the narrative. And it's not a fucking joke to real people in this country who need Trump to not be president. So mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. really disappointed in that. And that honestly is, let's just call that another I don't think so, honey, because, okay. that, because yeah, that was really, really, was. really frustrating and upsetting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's tough too, because you know, I, I 
I'm fortunate enough to do a lot of fundraising and activism for certain groups. And it is always a tough decision, right? Like, so with the DNC, they were very clearly trying to um, appeal to the white voters, that straight white voters who are maybe undecided, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. hard to know. I think AOC even posted something about it on her Insta story that she understood what they were doing and she respects it. She 100% mentioned that there was no Muslims and all this stuff that, yep. of course, if she was in charge, it would have been done much differently. But it's hard to know, like sometimes, right, in certain fundraising things, you're like, but do we need a straight celebrity here to help us raise funds for LGBTQ mm-hmm. causes? Right. But then sometimes you do because you ha- you need that exposure and you need that money raised. And so yeah, these yeah. are very tough conversations. And I am as progressive as, as they come. Um, but I will say that just because in certain organizations, in certain places, I am behind the scenes in these conversations. And they are hard conversations because if I had it my way, uh, at certain events, it would only be up-and-coming LGBTQ artists who need all the exposure and all the love and mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. support. But then we might, if we don't pair it with straight fucking cis famous people who can really broadcast the message and amplify the message, are are those young queer people even going to be heard? Is the money going to be raised? It is a really, really tough thing. And so, like, of course I wish the DNCE, it's the DNCE, that's the band, Jesus Christ, Justin <laughs> Of course, D, I wish the DNC was handled in a much more progressive, like seen through a much more progressive lens. But on the other hand, I do understand that they're trying to get people's votes who haven't decided yet. Yep. Um, not saying that I would have made the same choice. I'm just trying to like, always look at the, the, the other side I think side of we're it. all on the same page about this. I think, yeah. And I think you mentioned AOC's response, which was, I thought, a perfect response, which perfect. was, no, I wouldn't have done it this way, but but props and kudos to the people that did pull it off. And yep. also, you know, there is something to be said about the fact that it w- we were not the intended audience for it. Whether sure. or not that is the right decision about how to program it this year, um, could there have been a little bit more outreach to the progressive um, block of this party, which is very real and very mm-hmm. important to be heard, and we consider ourselves all a part of that. You know, that is a question mark that I have. Yeah. But I thought overall there was a lot of positive stuff to be said. Yeah, and it's also tough too because the super, uh, not all. This is a, a a lot of super young progressive people are not registered to vote and they're they're mm-hmm. gonna tweet and they're gonna get pissed but they're not registering so on one way mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. should they have made the convention geared towards getting those fucking kids to register or are they gonna gear it towards the people who are already registered because they're 60 years old and they're on the fence like right I don't fucking have the right answer for that it's it's sure. hard to know I mean electoral politics are a nightmare I mean it, 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 there's a reason why it's so difficult to navigate why there are these like superstructures above the whole like thing of voting that like make it hard for people to vote or make it inaccessible or all these different things so um and we need to be worried about voter suppression like yes yes um i i loved um i loved the roll call that was fun it was great. There was there was so much great about it, and I thought I did think that Joe Biden's final speech, I, I it was a fantastic speech, and it was something that I don't think a lot of people realized they needed. But you know, the American people needed to hear condolences on the yeah. 
unacceptable, disgusting loss of life that we have had over these past six months. I mean, it's just, it's heinous and it's, it's, it, it, it's been said ad nauseum, but it did not have to be this way. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. um, you know, there is something to be said about human decency and there's certainly a lot to be said about our fucking democracy so if you are not registered to vote and you're listening to this podcast girl you got to get registered to vote Mm -hmm. um and we need to make this happen and um let's be really clear about the fact that you know especially in those swing states and red states we need you okay so get out there and let's let's get this done and we're going to be talking a lot about this in the coming months you know lost coach is going to be um having some people on who on a local level are going to be running for important offices we're super excited about that and in fact next week um not running for office but um we are having uh gabriel ocasio cortez who is the brother of alexandria ocasio cortez and we are having him on the show and we're very excited to talk to him about all things he nominated AOC uh, through for brand new Congress so that she um, would eventually run How for cool. that seat. It'll um, be fun. Okay, um, I have and I have something. It'll be time now for Bowen Yang's "I Don't Think So, Honey." Um, that is what happens after I go. Bowen goes, and he does always a stunning job. And this is going to be smart. It's going to be incisive. Mm. It's going to be important. It'll mm-hmm. be humorous, mm-hmm. and it will ultimately teach everyone a lesson so we're i'm so excited and honored to now introduce bowen yang whose i don't think so honey time starts now i don't think so honey velvet couches Uh, how dare you try and create static electricity in my house how dare you catch the lint off of my ass and sit there and look dusty as hell when you literally just came to my house let me just say let me just warn do a little consumer warning psa for everybody if you order a couch hashtag if you order a couch off of joybird.com they have a wonderful selection but if you select the cobalt blue couch it will not tell you that it is velvet i thought i was getting a canvas motherfucking couch it uh, they unboxed it and lo and behold it's a velvet motherfucking couch and Mm. it only only works if i am stoned off my ass and i like the texture of it against my skin otherwise i feel like i'm in the 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 80s i feel like i'm in dynasty i don't know what's going on I, it takes me a second to adjust to the fact that it's velvet i don't think so honey velvet couch and that's that's one minute um wow i have to say i like your couch i think that it no 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 it's a I, it's a new one i got a new one this weekend so you you mean this new one that you don't like has replaced the old one that you didn't yes. like fuck your life I, I mean, it's the 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 this the area is great. It's comfortable to be. It's more comfortable than the than the last one. But I'm never gonna find the right couch. I mean, you can you can do a whole reality show on this. Bowen is trying to find the right couch. Honestly, that might sell. I'd want uh, it. And it'll, it would make me sick. <laughs> I'd want um, it. Justin, I'm really glad the, I'm sitting. Do you have the right though. couches and yes, the right no, furniture? That's, that's that's a good couch. I'm really glad I'm sitting here because I'm in the couch and like my TV area, it's definitely like purple velvet. So I my apologies to you. That's um, okay. But I'm glad you didn't have to see it this whole two hours because no. that would have just been. Triggering. But do you like it? Me? Yeah. Do you do like? I like that oh, couch? I love my velvet couch. I think there it's amazing. Go. It's comfy. She like you know, 
it's you know you just because everything this is this she's is a vibe mother. I'm, I'm you know she's a vegan queen so i had i, I wanted you. to get like a all the couches are vegan and blah blah. So velvet's kind of one of the best options oh, for a vegan sure. couch, and it's mm. just really, really cozy. It's it's a matter of personal taste, uh, which leads me to ask Justin, what is your favorite? What kind of chair do you need to be in to work the best? Do you have you figured this out for yourself yet? I just like the corner of a couch to write in, I like the corner <gasps> of a couch, and then I can turn, you know, like with my legs up, of course, like a like a teen queen, and like turn and like face the artist that I'm writing with, and like kind of in the in the corner, so you can face the whole room. I can turn to the producer who's in uh, in front of me. I can turn to the side to the artist. So we can get really intimate. And they're that. a nook queen. Yeah, I'm. An, uh, she's nooking. I'm nooking. She, yes. I'm nooking. I'm nooking my whole life away. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> my my main my main couch. Wow, <laughs> fantastic. Okay, I think it's time for Justin. I think it's for time. Justin's. I don't think so, honey. Okay, so before we start. Just like you, Matt, I had one that I was gonna do, but then I changed it. So the, what I was gonna do is YouTube eyebrows. YouTube uh-huh. eyebrows. You know, the Kardashian, like the overbrow, the YouTube makeup brow. It's gotta yeah. stop. It's um it's alarming. It's mm-hmm. offensive. Uh uh-huh. it's it's not flattering on any on anyone. Um yeah. so that's just the little one that I just Well we can to let say you. happily that it's now on notice. And it's it on- didn't get I don't think so honey today, but it <laughs> but is on, on notice. It is on nerd nerdish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's still there in a couple months, I'm gonna just crash your show again just to talk about brows. Yes. Oh please, and then we can talk about the nine thousand other songs <laughs> that we didn't even get to today. We could truly talk to you forever. <laughs> Um, but for All now, right. oh God, I'm we're about to hear uh, the I Don't Think So Honey of Justin Tranter. And uh, let me tell you, there was some contest about which one it was going to be. And you heard what it almost was. And now wow. you're going to hear what it is. So this is Justin Tranter's I Don't Think So Honey. Their time starts now. I don't think so, honey. You better find some motherfucking positivity. Oh! I know. I I am Elizabethan, right? I wanted Elizabeth Warren all the fucking way. I didn't get her. And you know what? I am finding the positives in Joe Biden. I okay. am finding the positives okay. in Kamala Harris. I am yes. on board and I am fucking excited because even though it's not as progressive as we want, I am still mm-hmm. positive because it's literally the most fucking progressive platform that seconds. any 30 seconds. major nominee has ever run on. So if you Say can't that. get positive about this platform, bitch, well, have fun with Trump. Trump, ruining your lives, taking your friends' jobs away, literally killing us all with COVID. So I don't think so, honey. 15 seconds. Until the election happens, I don't think so with your negativity. Find some motherfucking positivity and shine and vote. Because I'm going to vote with the biggest fucking smile on my face that I have ever had. And that's one minute. Wow. And you know what? I'm really happy that you said that because... I want to say something about Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is the most progressive person that has ever been on a Democratic ticket, ever. And that's which is not th- to which, which is also not to say that she was the most progressive option, but it it does it is meaningful that she is very that she is the most progressive person to make it to that. And mm-hmm. let's make it clear that I was definitely not saying that. I yes, know yes, that yes, she yes. was far from the most progressive person that was in the primaries. I am a Bernie Sanders voter. I am a, someone who gave a lot of money to Elizabeth Warren. I'm probably very similar to the people in this Zoom w- oh. where we find ourselves. But here's the thing. I, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about. This whole thing about Kamala is a cop. Sure. 
But I want to say something about the way that she's being talked about and depicted. Holding a woman of color responsible, more responsible for a white supremacist system is in and of itself racist. Yeah, yeah And I yeah. want everyone to really kind of fucking Say slow that. their roll about, you know, fuck Kamala, fuck Kamala, because you know what? How dare you, for these last four or five months, talk about how we have to understand the perspective of black women and we have to, you know, understand the that the, uh, the black experience is so different and then say fuck her when all of a sudden she realizes the american dream of so many millions of black women and asian women in this country and i just think that you know what you're all entitled to your opinion is she as progressive as we need her to be maybe not yet but i am really discouraged and disappointed about the take on kamala harris from a lot of progressive friends of mine and yes you are all pretty much white and you know what uh, this is a different conversation for people of color that want to have this conversation but the shitting on of kamala harris from fucking white progressive people and the total disregard for her perspective and her lived experience as a black woman who has gotten to where she is in an unprecedented way Shame on you, and I will say that. And you're 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 exhibiting racist behavior. She um she did this interview with uh it, it, it's it was with an activist, um, back in November when she was still campaigning, um October maybe uh and it was this it was this activist who um was basically trying to to abolish policing and um as 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 we know it and uh, I think I think he even sort of brought up this thing of like how do you square your candidacy as a black woman with um you know your record and all this stuff and she goes well i just want to talk oh no no it was it, it wasn't even that it was just about like representation about like what it means for her to run and for her to be this contender um and she brought up this really interesting thing that i haven't forgotten where she was like think about what i like think about what you picture when i say these four words the boy next door like you have an immediate image of who that is what they look like where they live all of this stuff that informs that image that's not even that specific, but you have these specifics kind of like programmed in you. Yes. And she's basically saying that like, and this this was answering again, like a representation question, but it got me thinking about how she was like, I am running this, I'm doing this thing that no one's ever really seen play out before in a way. And she, she wasn't saying that in this sort of like, you know, um, 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 finger wagging way or anything she was just saying like i am figuring this out in the way that collectively we are all trying to imagine what a female candidate for president can be should be how she's able to reckon with her past record with um you know her policy decisions and then she like very gracefully talked about um you know the carceral state after that it's like she's she's not like stuck in that mode of you know district attorney like the super cop who is like out there like prosecuting all these people it's like she is developing in the way that you would even say joe biden developed where let's not forget he was the one who sort of broke rank and said same-sex marriage should be illegal and then that forced obama's hand and then you had a couple years later a few years later same-sex marriage be legalized it's like these things are incremental and yes this is the most progressive ticket and it's not as progressive as it could have been or maybe even should be, but it's like it's an incremental change that can still be ledgered against all of this other stuff that's going on.
So I, that, 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 that's been helpful for me. Well, I think too, it's, it's, it's incremental in comparison to what we want when you, it, when you put it up against what we're going to get, if we don't yes, all yes, get absolutely. behind this excited, we have to be excited because I think we should be excited. Yes, it's the most yes, progressive yes. thing we've ever seen. It's not what we want, but it could, it's, it's the most we've ever gotten. Yeah. Like, and if we don't get this, if we don't all get fucking excited and rally behind it, then we're, you know, we, it's, the you know Trump's has over 160 attacks on the LGBTQ community and it's not going to stop, right? And right. let alone the racism, let alone the death, let alone all this stuff. So I feel like, mm-hmm. yes, we want better. The sheer incompetence. Sheer incompetence. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's right, like we right. just. I'm just. I'm excited and I can't wait. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. vote, vote like I've never voted before. <laughs> but I, I love this. I love this positivity frame around it. That's perfect. It's yes. wonderful. And you you bring this to everybody with your with your work and Justin Tranter, we thank you so much for coming. Oh my and god, talking what us. a fun time! So fun, thank you guys so much. So wonderful. What a, a living legend. A, a like living Brittany. legend, same, like Brittany. Same, all legends uh, right here. Too good. I mean, l- let me just say one thing, and that is this: we always end every episode <laughs> with a song. We always go into it blindly. I need it to lose you to find me. And that's it. That's actually all I'm going to do because I'm not going to insult our guest. But to hear that song, listen to Selena Gomez. I think it sounded great. And I've heard, I've seen videos of you doing your Christmas show where you sing your ass off. I know. I know. Baby boy. Also, too, you know, all uh, all those backing vocals, the big choir in Lose You to Love Me, that's me and Julia doing it. There we go. And to hear more of that, you got (laughs) to listen to the album Rare by Selena Gomez. The song is Lose You to Love Me. This is Casey Kasem. All right. Bye. Bye. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.